All right, it's about that time again, everybody. It's that Not So Fresh podcast, episode 19. Today is July 7th, 2017. And in the house, we got myself, Sasso. You guys know me. Uh, Next to me, we have a not so drunk Mike in (laughs) the house. Yeah, dude. What happened? What are you talking about? How come you're not as drunk as you were last time? Mm, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> uh, but just wait. Just I thought wait. you were going to be like, mm, He's halfway down that beer. So. I, don't, I don't remember. He's headed down that <laughs> I don't recall. Street. Give it time. I really don't like how you guys judge me constantly, man. Why don't you guys just go with the ride? All right. All right. We're going to judge you. <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> All I constantly heard was like, dude. Are we are the drunk? jury of peers. Drunk? I was just happy to be around you guys. I was married. <laughs> Yeah, Mary. just slow down with that beer, dude. Mary. All right, sorry. <laughs> yeah, just slow down. All right. <laughs> Anyways, um, also, you guys already know him. His dick pierced through the uh, through the headphones or speakers. His name is a big dick distill. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. All right. All the <laughs> yeah. And uh, in the house today, we got a very special guest. We got Hall H Podcast. Hall H Show. Hall H Show Podcast. We got Alex, Aaron, and Jason. (laughs) 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 What's up, guys? Thanks for having us. What's up, man? Man, What's up, guys? Thanks for uh, taking the time out to be here with us We just came for the beer, actually. Came for the beer? Yeah. This is a good spot. Uh, note: We are drinking beer right now, and we always drink beer during a podcast. But we uh, get some good stuff. Normally, uh, Art pours it, and then he starts talking about it. So, so what you're about to yeah. sample right now is uh, we'll do that later. We'll do that later. <laughs> Either that or uh, Mike's loading up on on rum and diet Pepsi. Mind your P's and Q's, buddy. All right, Normally. it's about being efficient. It's rum about being efficient and diet Pepsi. No filler. All right, so moving Anyways, on, we got, we got some guests. Yeah, we got our guests. We don't want to embarrass day. ourselves <laughs> more than we already did oh. at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, shoot, uh, tell us about yourselves, uh, where the uh, origin of the Hall H podcast came from, or how did it get started? Well, um, I was living up in Orange County for like 10 years. Art knows. He worked up there with me. Uh, when I moved back down to San Diego, this is Aaron, by the way. <laughs> Hi, Aaron. <laughs> um, I started reconnecting with old friends like like Alex here. Um, and we were meeting up, I think, was it Convoy area? Like a no, tea garden or one of those places, one of those Asian places in, in Convoy. And uh, we just got to talking. We always wanted to collaborate with each other. And then he, then he says, hey, you know what? I, I have the domain name, hallh.com. So what does that uh, stand for? What is well, the H know, in Hall H? It, it, Comic-Con, baby. That's right, man. If, if you're a veteran of Comic-Con, ah, I get you know, it. Hall H is where all the, 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 the big stuff happens, you know? That's, so That's pretty clever. Yeah, so I'm like, I like that. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I says, how long have you had it? 
this this was 2004 like summer 2014 right uh-huh. and he says 2011 and <laughs> i'm like fuck we gotta do something with it so this was like june and then like july was when comic-con was gonna happen so it's like oh shit we gotta do something in a month so you know we, we bought a wordpress theme learned how to you know work with wordpress um put some stuff up there really quick started researching on artists and stuff and um and, and right off the bat, we kind of thought, you know what, we were always we're all busy. Um, the, the original co-founder, the founder, the founders of Hall H were uh, myself, Alex, and a guy named uh, Ed Santos. Um, he's not as active with us anymore, but uh, you know, uh, props to him for you know starting it with us. Um, so um, we kind of thought, you know, we're not going to be as big as Collider or you know IGN or you know, any of those other big media houses. So. We're going to be an ironic kind of site, you know. We're going to use the Hall H spotlight and put that spotlight on Artist Alley. Because, you know, as most, you know, people who go to San Diego Comic-Con will have noticed is that it's become more Hollywood and mainstream. Yeah. And, you know, Artist Alley has become, you know, smaller and smaller. If you guys Uh. aren't uh, big Comic-Con guys, if you haven't gone much or if listeners haven't gone uh, artist alley is a small corner of the convention that's basically just tables and it's for actual artists comic book artists to sit there so it's a lower cost type of thing to get rather than having to get an expensive booth at the comic con um and they'll put up like you know background stuff of their art right behind them but they're basically just sitting at tables and Signing autographs, you can bring up a comic book a lot of times to a, a big artist and he'll t- sign your book if you want a sketch. You know, they sell sketches and stuff like that. And um, it's kind of a, you know, the lesser known small little, like I said, little corner mm-hmm. of it. You know, it's like the, the hardcore comic people that actually buy comic books they'll go through Artist Alley because they know they can meet the guy that drew the book that they love but the general populace kind of just goes to you know the Lord of the Rings yeah. booth and the DC yeah. booth or and the Twilight booth exactly, where, uh, which exactly. the last time they I went to, to Comic Con right? they want to see the actors I, I'm, I'm so glad you guys bring that up because uh, for me I was like a big comic book nerd in the 90s and then I actually went to comic book conventions that were not called the San Diego Comic Con you know, and uh, to see it transform into uh, what it is now, I mean, how was that like for you guys? Like, uh, we, as you've seen it transform, like you just described the, the, so the artist alley thing, right? Yeah. Now, the thing that was awesome about that is like back in the day, you used to be able to go up there and get Jim Lee to fucking sign some <laughs> comics that you had. And for a person that was like, I don't know, like a dork like me at the time or whatever, where it's like Jim Lee, I, I learned how to draw because of Jim Lee. You know what I'm saying? So like it was such it was such a big deal. And then to see those people slowly get kind of pushed out and then slowly instead of uh Jim Lee's being there, there was just like regular artists who were just selling stuff, kind of like what you find at the uh the little Italy art show. Uh-huh. Type thing, which yeah. is still cool. They just change up their themes, but they're not Jim Lee and those guys, you know. Yeah. So I mean, um <clears throat> things have really really changed in the comic book culture quite a bit since like I imagine we're all about the same age since like we all start collecting right. comics. And, and for me, my first Comic Con was probably ninety five. Um, oh, I think wow. Alex yeah, has actually that's around gone the same be- time before me. What you yeah. what you describe like um, and it's, it, my, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like for people who are listening and they are not um, involved in the culture at all, they know what Comic Con is because it's everywhere. It's in every like Big Bang Theory, all these shows and stuff. But 
what I think is going to be awesome is like hearing a lot of people don't realize what it was like in '95. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, I know. I, I think first ones I've been to was like early '90s, mm-hmm. where you know. I used to just sneak in. <laughs> it was yeah. that easy. Yeah. Dude, you used <laughs> to be back. able to get a kid's pass, go, go right? <laughs> you used to get a kid's <laughs> pass, and like that was acceptable. Like exactly. It looked exactly like an adult pass. Oh, yeah. You know, and it was like half the price. But, I mean, even in junior high, all that's all my friends talked about was going to Comic-Con, volunteering. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a uh, free way for them to get in. And uh, that was my earliest memories of Comic-Con was pretty much classmates and friends talking about Comic-Con and and going when it was before it was at the convention center and one of the cool things too about uh going to uh conventions like the <laughs> so the first time i went to a convention was 93 and it actually it was a, a comic con that was at the scottish Rite center oh. and i went in there i was like oh my god all these people it was right after executioner song for uh fucking x-men and i was like oh my god everyone here likes comics and i was like just bugging <laughs> out and then, uh, then to this very day i still own this it's uh, the entire collection of the Wolverine um, like card set that has like his background and all the artwork from all the different. Con- I was like, oh my god, I got this for ten bucks! Like that was like a typical story back then, like for like comic, like a comic convention. You'd go there, you it's like a giant flea market. You grab some stuff and. One cool thing that <clears throat> that more modern audiences will never be able to connect with, and it starts to sound like well, when I was uh, started reading comics, yeah, yeah. but. But the industry has changed so much that a lot of what it's what it means to be a comic book fan has changed. So when you you said something that uh, really reminded me of the first time I walked into Comic Con, uh, I just moved to San Diego in 2000. So the first time I went was like 2000, 2001, something like that. And when I was a kid growing up, it was hard. I mean, you were thrilled. To meet someone that you found yes. out also like comic books. It's like you want to be best friends. Fine, yeah. It's like, well, what do you think? It's immediately yeah. start pitching questions about exactly. what who you, who you read, who you collect, gauging uh, their knowledge. Yeah, is yeah. your guy? You, you follow good heroes or, or you know shitty exactly. ones? Or, and, DC or Marvel, um, dude. DC or Marvel, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and then you fought afterwards, right? Like, no, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> it was a knife fight. <laughs> I think uh, you were the only one fighting, Mike. I got it. I got it. All right, moving on. Flexing. Fan. Um, so I remember. Walking into the comic convention, and it's like I felt love. It's like, oh my god, everybody here loves all this shit. The yeah, same thing you, that felt, you, you said. felt you felt united. You felt like you weren't alone. Yeah, you're like, right? fuck the rest of society. We're all in this. We like this shit, right? <laughs> now I think about it, it's because the internet didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm like, why is oh, that's yeah. a big part that's of true. it? Now that's you can true. find people that like the stuff you like, and it just no by going to a how weird. group or whatever. No matter how weird. <laughs> Look yeah. at Art's uh, browser history. You'll see. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and that was Jason, by the way, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, with the great radio voice. Thank you. Yeah. Can I can I ask a question to you guys? I haven't been to the Comic-Con, the con, or the con, whatever. Um, How about Acon? Since two, 2009. That's the last time I went. Um and when I and I went during the '90s because it was so easy to sneak in with different badges. Yeah, it was. And the one thing that I, I really appreciated seeing in the '90s was that they had portfolio reviews. And yeah, you could, yeah. You could be an artist. You, oh yeah, you, you, you could get, find out how you stand up. You against could, I mean, yeah. Image Comics was there, Marvel, DC. And uh, tear your shit up. <laughs> I mean, you know, 
Dave, I mean, I guess they gave you honest reviews. I never did it. Oh, you know who did it? Tearing uh, it up. That's Solomon the did it every year. No, well, Solomon did it. Every, uh, we have a buddy named Solomon, uh, B-Boy Draw. Yeah, shout out to Saul. He actually, uh, he just yeah, came out with a Accidental Aliens. Book. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're having that out, event tonight, right? Yeah, they were sp- uh, they Dave, having Dave that event tonight. Accidental Aliens. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah so yeah, we met him at uh, Free Comic Book Day at Villainous Lair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He did an event at that uh, shop. And uh, Rodney, too. Yeah, he was there, too. Yeah, X-Men. X-Men. The comic book gallery tonight. Tonight, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. they're at yeah. Kamikaze tonight. Unfortunately, can't. So, make that, it. so that's what we're supporting by <laughs> we're talking here. about them. Yeah, we're <laughs> so big shout out guys. to them. Make sure you guys check out uh, Accidental Aliens. Uh, that just uh, they did pretty successful if on their Kickstarter. You ever have the guy in the show? That might be an interesting line of questions. Have, ask him wh- what it was like to to uh, have his stuff reviewed. Yeah, because some people don't take it well, and some people feel like the artist was just being chippy or something. And you know, I mean. When you're yeah. talking to a pro, I, I'm not an artist, but I'm a writer, and I have had to submit, in fact, that you want to, you submit yeah. your writing to be judged, and you Get you know, you better be able to detach a little bit and see that a lot of the stuff that they're going to say is going to be right, so mm-hmm. it's it takes a, a person with a you know a little bit of a thick skin or that's that's used to it, so, so he might have some funny stories. I mean, anyone that goes to con has funny stories about, just like any, if you bump into a lot of celebrities eventually you'll get the oh yeah that dick yeah and, you know he was yeah. a complete <laughs> asshole or whatever and and so you get these little stories where you might catch someone on a bad day and maybe they're just a little gruff with you uh, i know i had one where i said something <laughs> awkward and the guy was just kind of he was signing my my avengers books and was a little you know Gruff, and I just walked away so disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, to who it was, or you don't want to? Sure, because I don't think it was. Uh, it was probably just as much my fault as his. But it was because it was a guy I love and respect, Kirk Busiek, who okay. really was. If you're a '90s guy in Marvel, you know he. You know, Thunderbolts, he created the Thunderbolts, and when the, the real Marvel char- characters came back after the gym, the Image reboot that they did, oh, okay. then they came back to the Marvel Universe, and he he did Iron Man, uh, 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 Iron Man and Avengers, and I think a third one that so that's late 90s, the, 2000s? Yeah, exactly. Okay, I remember exactly. that. Yeah. I mean, Astro City was his, uh, uh, his okay. creator-owned thing that he did with Alex Ross with the great painted art but what i loved about him was i'm an old school marvel zombie and i would go to the comic books shops in the 80s and i'd go to the quarter bin and i'd buy anything i could find from the 70s and maybe something from the 60s but usually that was too expensive for the quarter bin yeah and so i loved just delving into the marvel universe and all the little b characters and villains and the, the their alliances and, and such in the mag the magia and the hydra and all that stuff it's funny hydra's huge now but you know 10 years ago no one knew what hydra was well, yeah which which that is that is actually hilarious because at one point there were a bunch of ninjas and like uh well we'll talk about that later right <laughs> so one of the things that was great was when kurt Busiek came on the Marvel, the core characters had been in a, a, a complete slump for years because they had just finished this big, big uh, sensationalized relaunch with the Image guys, with yeah. Rob Liefeld and yeah. all of them. And a lot of those didn't do so well, especially the Liefeld stuff. But um, so that, even though that sold a lot, it didn't have a lot of uh, approval. The five years before that, you know, it was all X-Men at Marvel. The core characters, FF, Avengers, were not getting anywhere. 
So he came in and he revitalized. Uh, he did he, great artwork. He was teamed up with Sean Chen and, and George Perez, mm. Perez on Avengers. And he would just mine the history of the Marvel Universe going back to the 60s Silver Age. And he'd pull out all these characters from the heroes' past to come back that, that no writers had been using in years. That's interesting. Yeah, and it, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, he, he, he brought that B-villain again? No way. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like he's re- writing this just for me. <laughs> so yeah. when I went wow. to get my book signed, I go... I got really nervous, and I go, Mr. Busek, uh, sometimes I feel like you're writing it just for me or something, and I'm, and he just, wow. he looked up. That's, that's what he said, huh? <laughs> that's what that, that's, you had your moment to, because, well, 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 first off, you kind of, you kind of went over a bunch of stuff that was huge, so, like, if you were into comics at all, like, the whole image breaking away, right, and being created by all the best artists, right, was a huge deal for a comic book, I mean, shit. I was like eight, ninth grade. I was like, oh my god! And then them coming back. So what you just described was all huge stuff. And then this uh, this writer <laughs> who is just and every and, and writers when, in comics, in my opinion, and I'll, I'll after I say I'll let you guys kind of weigh in on it. Every once in a while, there's like somebody who comes along who just like that like artists. There's there's artists that everyone like loves, but when a writer like reaches people and everyone knows their name, that's a fucking big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the, the uh, artist is the flashier of the two uh, uh, positions. Get, that, that's gets more precedent. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the one who gets all, all the chicks. That's like the quarterback. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the like, lead singer, the quarterback. Yeah, the, the, the writer is like special teams. You know, <laughs> if, you're, if you're gonna break yeah. it down like that, you're but, a punter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe you're really, like, really important, but no one values you. Maybe even <laughs> offensive coordinator, not even on the field. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yes. So now that we built that stage, you decided. That, that's what you said, Tom. Well, so I'm trying to encapsulate what I told you guys much right. better. <laughs> and I and I just I skipped over it because all of a sudden I'm like, it was my turn. And I, you know, I'm, sometimes I'm pretty smooth with this stuff. And that was not one of my good days. And so he just looked at me with, like, disdain. <laughs> and, and, and I just deflated. And then he just started signing his books or whatever. I, I think he said something, but it was not anything memorable or whatever. And I was, I was like, crestfallen. But as, as time went on, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I think he was responding to kind of how I, you know, because I probably sounded like, I feel like you're writing it just for me, you know, like I want this stalker. He's like, he's like, is this kid gonna kill me? Right. And you that crazy some, look in your eyes. Some weird like, people oh. at Comic Con. I'm pretty know? sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure he gets that like every five people in line. Yeah, right. So yeah, especially. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess the question is like, how was your interactions like later with him? Well, I've I've never uh, interacted with him since then. But uh, I wonder why. <laughs> I think I've seen him once or twice, but not close enough to uh, to get him. It was kind of a you know a lot of those big guys like Jim Lee will still do autographs, but mm-hmm. when he does an autograph, it won't be an artist alley. He'll do a special thing yeah. through a DC yeah. booth, and you have to have a drawing the day before to get tickets yep. to get in line for the autographing because he's that big. Yeah. So and Busek, it might be that I don't know. The one way you can do it is if they if they are selling stuff like you said. So sometimes they'll have their own booth with a stack of trades, and mm-hmm. then they'll try to you know do that. Um, but otherwise, a lot of the big guys, it's really tough. And sometimes you just get that opportunity by walking by at the right time. When I was walking by Busek's table, it wasn't an artist alley. It was in a regular booth. He might have been, uh, sometimes they'll go to a publisher yeah, or a seller 
their booth and they'll be as a promotion like a comic book store if they have a booth there he'll like sign autographs for two hours for them they pay him a little bit yeah it's helping him move product or but whatever. they're presenting him like they're making a big deal and then the line right. builds up because they're like oh that's somebody yeah. like, it, like, yeah. like, like, yeah. like if mile high comics did something right yeah well i only bring that up because the, for the first time in like 44 years i'm not gonna be at comic-con this year i saw that i saw that uh <laughs> that link you shared on facebook uh was it yesterday or something right yeah yeah, wow. so, um, yeah, it's been I've, causing a lot of controversy. I've never been to uh, a Comic Con. Yeah, this is a uh, ever. This is Sasso like experiencing a different culture. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean I, I've always known about it, and you know, I've, but I never actually like bought. Well, I bought some, but just because of uh, <coughs> the uh, pictures and all that stuff, I was I think more about the glitz and the glamour. I think that's about what it. attracted a lot of. That's what attracted me to comics first. Right yeah, away. I mean, like, do you guys remember what got you guys? Uh, What's what's a, what's a good word? Got got that love sparked for you? For yeah, start, start with Alex. Yeah, um, yeah, I should be all quiet and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I, get, I guess just going Seven Eleven back probably. I don't know when it was late seventies, early eighties, and that, that they were, and they were selling them on racks, spinner racks. <laughs> I think spinner racks. One of my first ones I think was a uh, Devil Dinosaur. Was like one of my first comics, and that's damn. That I that's a pretty obscure comic. And then just through junior high, like a bunch of friends. There were more into comics than I would, and that's where I would get all my good comics from was was friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. What about uh, you, Aaron? Oh uh, well, for me, uh, I was living in National City at the time because you know, like a lot of us, our fathers were in the military, so yeah. we moved around a lot. Um, but like Alex, Seven Eleven was, uh, I think, probably the place where I first bought my first set of comics. It was like. Remember the old '70s Battlestar Galactica series? Yeah, they had they had a comic book adaptation of it, and, and that's how I think a lot of people got into comics too. I'm yeah, like because yeah. same I have the same story. Go, go ahead. Right. So uh, and from there, I, I think I remember getting Ghost Rider from like the Navy Oof. Exchange, you know, and then <laughs> oh, then, gravita- and then gravitating toward like the wow. Avengers. And you you went dark quit really quickly <laughs> from going from Battlestar Galactica to Ghost Rider. Yeah, so I, I've always been a fan of both, and so they uh, gave uh, Ghost Rider a really big push in the '90s. I assume that was in the '90s. Oh, no, this right? is like this is like '80s. Wow, maybe, wow. maybe like old school. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, Johnny Blaze era. Not Danny Ketch. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, the funny thing is, is like uh, Jason DeMine, our uh, reaction where we were both like, ooh, 80s. Like, <laughs> like, it's almost like, like for me, it was immediate jealousy. It's like, oh, you found it first. You found it before me and appreciate it first. One of my uh, 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 favorite moments, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, is because um, one of the things I would do is I used to hunt Artist Alley like a shark. I'd go down there with my camera, my video camera, and my mic and my tripod, and I would. The first thing I would do when I get to Comic Con is I'd do a zigzag through the whole thing and look and see who's there, and then start to make a schedule of okay, I want to try and talk to that guy or that guy. And back in the day, you could like actually, the guys in Artist Alley, a lot of them would be like Golden Age, Silver Age guys. Now a lot of those guys have passed away, so it's like. 70s and 80s is about as far as you're going to go back or whatever. But um, but uh, for people who are listening, Golden Age is referred to as a certain period. Golden Age is from the birth of Superman yeah. in 1938 to about 56 ish. Those are all so. comics that are worth a lot of right. fucking money. And then Silver Age is like I think the only uh, 60s, uh, just to the beginning of the 70s yes. or whatever. And that was another big. 
big era of uh, new characters being created, Spider-Man and Marvel. Mm. But yeah. I, I was going to say that one of the guys I talked to and got to flag down for an interview, he was just in Artist Alley sitting there. And that's the beauty of it. If you just are there at the right time, no one's there, yeah, they'll talk to you, do whatever, you know, talk to whatever you, say whatever you want. I got to interview Gary Friedrich, the co-creator of the original Ghost Rider. Oh, wow, oh, there yeah. you go. So what was your first comic book? I don't, Jason, did you? Me? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you gotta, you, it's your turn. We're going round table, man. I actually, uh, when I was a little kid, I found uh, uh, a handful of comic books in the house, and I've never been able to determine who whose those were or how they got in the house because no, none of my siblings were comic book fans. They're all older. And I would pour over those, bef- those before I could read. And they were like some really cool classic, like 1976 or 78 Spider-Man and X-Men and and uh and avengers and and i knew that it was cool i couldn't tell why or read or know what was going on then i started to pick up uh the cartoons like the classic spider-man does whatever a spider can and um and then uh my buddy uh my best friend in fifth grade moved into my neighborhood and he was a full-blown comic collector his both his brothers were too they were into every nerd thing that you could possibly want they had every Dungeons and Dragons thing. They had every, you know, the lead figurine, whatever. And so they, they were huge comic book fans. And that blew the doors open because one day he's like, well, you know, there's a Schinders, a newsstand shop just down at Cobblestone Court. We can go down there and buy comics every Wednesday. They come out. And I'm like, I didn't know that. And so we started walking, you know, two, three miles to the Cobblestone Court to, uh, to pick up, you know, with our That's three four dollars and change or whatever to buy 60, 70 uh, cent issues. And then you realize that you could actually get them in, in order if you kept going every Wednesday, right, right? Right. Shit, I remember when I was a kid, you just read a comic, like, man, I wonder what happened at the end. That, you know, there's something about, uh, you know, as a writer, as a, a, a film scholar, um, there's something about, you know, I've, I've looked at each different medium of of narrative and there's something about a serialized story every medium has something that it can do that others can't and then weaknesses it has that others might not have right from Mm. poem up to novel to film or whatever and um but it's the rare aspect is not many of those mediums have the level of serialization that that comic books do soap operas would be a an analog or whatever it uh, uh, those have a continuing story but you, if you look even at movies you know a successful franchise either they don't continue the story like bond or they might do it for a few in a row like uh, uh, Avengers or something yeah. but you don't get like where Superman you might have or, or like let's even look at the first hundred issues of the Fantastic Four that is almost like a novel in and of itself and and the stories live and breathe through issues as it goes on through the years that refer back to things you you're rewarded for paying attention to earlier continuity and such so it's a really unique element of the the medium is it, that and I, I, th- I think that's what led to marvel's success in the, in the movies right yeah now. they embraced it that's what uh that's what a lot of people would cite that uh they they not only did they embrace it but like that was almost their identity as far as like you know dc being very iconic i mean if if I think of Superman, I don't really ever think of a flaw. I don't ever think of being human. You know, I think a, I think of him as a as a character or as a as a super being that is trying to pretend to be human. Whereas you have in Marvel, they always had some type of personal struggle. So when you let me ask you, when you first started getting comics mm-hmm. in the '90s, 
did you were you then not into Superman or DC or anything like that? Well, my story, your, how your preferences my, go? My story is very similar to Aaron's, where I got suckered in by uh, by GI Joe. Oh, I was sweet. really into yeah. GI Joe. Loved it. Now, um, how about GI Joe versus Transformers? <laughs> Issue number three, or, Death Starring Spider-Man. Or, or, or my favorite shit, uh, Batman versus Predator. I mean, that series right there. I, uh, but um, anyway, like to this day, I have not met anyone who was really in the G.I. Joe comics like I was. Well, but anyways, uh, G.I. Joe is, I was living on, it was 91. I was living in Scotland on a Navy base. And uh, I was like, shit, man. Uh, I wanted to be Corey Haim from Lost Boys. Like I was like, that's that's what oh, kids that's are into. Hilarious. Isn't that fucking hilarious yeah. when you think about that? Because yeah, like Frog Brothers, yeah, yeah. Those guys are awesome. Like I was like, dude, those guys are so cool, man. They just sit there and read comics all day. So I that was like my As favorite. As you're hunting movie. for uh, vampires, vampires yeah. Right. So in a sense, they so, were if, so you manly. Want, if, if you if you came across a vampire, you would go to those guys, and they would always be at the comic book store, and like I know where to. If you were like, hey man. <laughs> I, I need I need a I need to slay a vampire. I need uh, some garlic. A, AKA optic. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you know what's really like, fun? And it's like, well, you know what? I know a guy I could take you to some guys and then like you, you know, you, you 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 if I were to take you to a comic book and I knew these two dudes and one of them would be you. <laughs> anyway, what? Yeah. You'd be I'm his version of the frog brothers. Yeah. You would have yeah, the garlic. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. even, dude. Like but you know what's funny about that? It's uh, just funny. Sorry. No, no, it's I right. just painted the picture in my head, and then yeah. <laughs> you would be in the comic book store. And be in the comic book yeah, store. Anyways, Alex and Aaron, did you either? You guys have a uh, uh, a Marvel or DC bias when you first got into it? Um, I guess I'll go first. Because I well, let me just quickly follow it up. Because I had a DC bias, it was similar to what you said. I looked at uh, now. This is a little earlier, it was in the '80s, but I looked at the DC side of the rack at Schinder's comics, and I'm like, that's my dad's characters and i looked at marvel and i'm like those are my characters mm -hmm. you know they felt older and this felt more mm -hmm. relevant and 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 so it took me into the 90s before i really i i always loved the the characters the heroes green lantern super yeah. all of it but but i didn't actually buy my own dc issues very often until the 90s and then i became a full-fledged you know everything fan what how did it work out for you well you know all my friends growing up were mostly Marvel fans. So in order to have that common language, it's like I, I bought Marvel. Yep. But I would go to like, you know, bookstores or something and just read the DC comics for free. <laughs> On the fly. <laughs> On the oh, fly. They hated that. <laughs> <laughs> Secretly watch so all the DC. How about is you, this Alex? the uh, uh, DC versus Marvel uh, conversation that we're having right now? Dude, I think like anytime you get with uh, a bunch of comic book uh, mm. fans. Like, I think like that's the conversation that eventually mm. comes up. You know, it's funny. It's a really, it's like a really, I mean, you know, it's kind of one of those classic comic guy arguments or yeah. whatever, or fanboy arguments. But I, I see it so often now because the, the multimedia shit has made that explode because now they really capitalized off yeah, of it. But the yeah. fans get yeah. really uh, Marvel versus aggressive DC against each other. Yeah. Oh, you're just in the tank for DC. Oh, you're just a, you're a Marvel, Marvel fanboy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I guess for me, uh, I guess Marvel was dominant, but 
Close thing to DC was probably just watching Super Friends on Saturday morning. Dude, Super Friends <laughs> was my shit, right? Oh, yeah. That's, I still get hyped when I see those like little ads and stuff for it, man. But like that, that was a great... That was before your time, huh? Southwest? I think so, probably. Yeah, because it was in the early 80s, man. But that was a great... <laughs> had the fucking Legion of Doom. Yeah. All that stuff, man. Like in Bizarro. <clears throat> but uh, I think like a lot of us grew up with DC and an idea from, from Super Friends, an idea of what superheroes were. But when I... You know, first I was reading G.I. Joe, the comic, which was hardcore. <laughs> hardcore what? It was just hardcore. Porn? Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, it would dude, be right. the, the thing that, that, that got me was like, dude, people were getting killed in that stuff. Uh, so I was like, oh, this is legit. Right? But then when I got into, because of that, you see ads for X-Men and other things. And I was familiar with uh, characters from Marvel because of uh, Spider-Man and his friends. Or mm-hmm. Spider-Man, what was the original series in the 80s? The cartoon series Spider-Man and his oh, amazing and friends. Oh, amazing friends, yeah, yeah. So like, and that there would always be cameos of like different characters and stuff, and you know whatever. But uh, so I was like, oh, I'm familiar with these characters. Then I started reading them, and then you kind of start as a young teenage kid, like 13, who is like alone in Scotland. Like I identified with like the struggles of the like, Marvel characters, right? Mm-hmm. Which is that was like a theme that's throughout. It's like they're not accepted. They're not accepted. It's almost like the punk rock version of uh, of comics. And I think that's kind of what uh, had our age group gravitate towards it. Because like you said, that's my dad's comics. This is mine. You know? I, I feel it's terrible even saying it that way. <laughs> it feels like such a slight to DC, and I don't mean that. But it's that. not. But, but at the time, it. it was real in my head. And part of it was from actually Super Friends. Because I watched uh, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, and I loved the hell out of that show. And yep. and the the super friends that cartoons that were out at the same exact time felt so much more uh, quaint and homey to me, uh, even though they were both 1981 or whatever, 83 or whatever it was. Um, so they none of them were really super sophisticated shows, but the Marvel one just felt that much more sophisticated. That was I think yeah. part of what fed my. My at the time bias against DC. So for me, growing up, uh, I was uh, more gravitated to like X Men and all that stuff. Um, uh, I like Batman and Superman, but not as much as like, you know, like Wolverine and all those X Men characters, Spider Man and all that stuff. Uh, but even to now, to this day, um, uh, you know, I've tried to watch like comic movies with my girlfriend, and she loves uh, all Marvel. She does all uh, Marvel. She's a Marvel yeah, she's fan. She's a Marvel girl. fan. So that's cool with me. I'm like, yeah, like if she knows that there's gonna be uh well, she knows that DC has like that dark uh type of feel it to does it. Now. Yeah. Like, well no, they're no, lightening but if, it though. Yeah. Lightening it up for yeah, yeah. And, and so like um whenever she knows that we're gonna go watch like a, a Marvel movie, she's all for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because she knows there's gonna be like those funny Fun. comic yeah. uh relief type of things and uh and not only that, I mean, we're also like big Disney fans. So whenever we go to Disneyland, we see yeah, all the Marvel stuff. Yeah, all the Marvel stuff. Like when they had like that whole thing at Disneyland with the with the Marvel yeah. stuff and Iron Man. They had all the uh, Iron Man's um, suits of armor, suits and the all that stuff. Armor, like we were, and she loves uh, Ca- Captain America too. She's a big Captain America so fan. So when you go to Disneyland. Do your blacks look underwear? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no that, underwear. That's for the Van Damme fans <laughs> it's out It's all commando. <laughs> Just lots yeah. of talc. So, any, yeah, so, uh, you know... And we're not big comic book collectors, but, you know, just from, like, kind of, like, on the outside, for her, even, like, to, to, to 
chime in and be like, well, you know, I'm, I'm more of a Marvel fan because DC's a little dark. Well, I, I think the darkness of DC is something that we should probably explore a little bit further. I mean, mm-hmm. that's one thing that I think it was a, a detraction for me because I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you can't have Superman be dark too, just no. like just like Batman. He's not, yeah. <laughs> he's know? supposed to be the light. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. supposed to be light. And I think, I mean, Zack Snyder's, you know, adherence to using that dark palette of his, it was a detriment to, I think, the the movies, in, in my opinion. I mean, you oh, go yeah? back to like... I think that's the internet's opinion too. That's what I hear all the time. Well, I mean, if you, if you compare, it, compare and contrast to what I think is the ultimate and when it comes to, to Batman and Superman is the animated series. Yeah. yeah. Uh, DC, uh, even though I, I'll, I'll have a little bias, I grew up with Marvel and I love Marvel, but I really feel that DC actually whooped Marvel's ass when it comes to the animation. Like, they're all the like animated movies. The Batman movies. Uh, cartoon? Or? Yeah, the Batman series, the Superman series. I Justice mean, League. All those Justice yeah. League uh, movies that they made independently. I mean, if you really don't want to read the comics, I mean, dude, download those movies or, or rent those movies. Dude, I mean, they're all on Cody. Yeah, yeah, they're all on the fire stick. If you, yeah, if you right. <laughs> but I mean, like those are great films, you know. And I kind of feel like those are tr- better representations of DC than um, than uh, a lot of the films that you're seeing. Yeah, like, but those aren't blockbuster hits that are going out to general public. The general public, you know, like your mom, your cousin, your dad doesn't give a shit. Well, about I, I guess with stuff. with the sort of like the, the long form animation series, you have more time to flesh out things, you know. Yeah, yeah. so. You really think so? Because, I mean, I'm yeah. talking about, like, Wonder Woman, the f- animated feature. I'm talking about Batman, the killing joke. Like, those are just straight, full-on DC animated film. Well, yeah, but people are familiar with those storylines already, though. You know That is true. That is true. But we're also familiar with the storyline by the time that, like, the, uh, let's see, uh, Superman, Man of Steel comes out, you well, know? Well, I mean, you, there's only so many times you can tell an origin story. <laughs> Especially <laughs> that one. The one story, the one character that no one will ever need to hear his origin ever again is Superman. Everyone in the world knows that guy's origin. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's woven into pop culture. It's like yeah. when they every time they reboot and they have to like oh, yeah, shout out the, the son origin. of Jarrell. <laughs> 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 they, they might, who knows? It might it might be better with uh, him. You know, a red sun. Or was it? <clears throat> I just saw a video. Yeah. Mister Sunday Movies just had a video on YouTube yeah. he uploaded and, and so, where he was theorizing should the next Superman movie be the Red Sun yeah. story, so which is an alternate universe. Yeah, was well, he, he he lands in Russia or something? Right, yeah. where the, 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 his ship from Krypton lands in Russia instead uh. of Kansas. <laughs> and so he's he's raised by the proletariat and that's oh, so he's got a hammer so, sickle I instead of the S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that'd be you, dope. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a good interesting concept. That that's another thing that like it took me a long time to to get on board with that type of stuff with any type of alternate universe. Right. Like I remember in the '90s, Marvel had this uh, series called "What If Captain oh. America Started the <laughs> Avengers?" Right? And I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> you know, stop being lazy. But like now, I think I'm kind of coming around. You know, what do you what do you guys think about like those type of alternate universes and shit like that when they do with uh, especially in writing? You know, like you're just basically taking a story and like you're like, all right. Uh, instead of uh, him falling in, you know, this area, he fell in well, Russia. Well, it, it's good as in what if, you know, just for fun. But yeah. if you're constantly trying to, like, you know, redo stuff with multiverses and alternate universes, then it kind of gets played out too much. Yeah. It, it it's all depends on how they approach it. In the old days, that, that concept first came about in DC. They, they called them imaginary stories. And they were often really corny and cheesy, but that was also what all the comics kind of were at the time this would be like the 50s or whatever mm-hmm. then um 
then Marvel came out with What If, and I thought What If was dope. And the reason why is because they're the concepts, the question on the cover. If that doesn't grab you, then it's not even worth it. Because I've, I've actually bought a lot of them where I ended up reading it and didn't think it was that great. But the the concept, the idea of it, just was su- was such a cool idea to me. I didn't even care that the book wasn't that entertaining. The first one I ever saw at the store, and I, it was four dollars, so it was too expensive for me. I only bought which stuff is hilarious, like and I could totally <laughs> relate to that. We were just like, dude, I could buy three comics. How much was that. it? Four bucks for it bagged and boarded. Oh, bagged wow. and boarded. Yeah, I I bought sixty five cent Spider Man. Then I'd spend a couple of bucks in the quarter bins, and those comics would be twenty five to seventy five cents. When, when when was this? Was was this one like this was like, like eighty two? Okay, <laughs> eighty two. That was four bucks. Yeah, yeah. Good that, lord. That, that means it was expensive. That's exactly. really expensive. Exactly, yeah. and and that's why what you you'd really we would hunt through the old. What, was it was bins. it signed by Kurt Busiek? Yeah, kidding. right. <laughs> 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 nice callback. Uh, but that's why what we would do is well, we'd spend most of our time there digging through the quarter bins because uh, we couldn't go to the, the bagged ones because they were just too expensive. But that's where you'd, you, if you were meticulous enough, every once in a while you'd find a killer expensive one, but it's beat up. But those, no one cared. If you got a, a, an important comic book issue, like the issue where Wolverine dies and it turns out it's an alternate future story, yeah. I mean, it didn't matter that I got that as, as a 75 cent one, which was expensive. I usually bought the 25 and 50 centers. Right, or right, right. But you know, the, the funny. Oh, sorry. The funny thing about, uh, like, looking back on it, like, I remember when I read, like, those What If comics, I, I hated them, but there was a lot of pros to them. A lot of, a lot of and one of the pros was, like, you will see people die. Yeah, you would actually right. see a wrap up of the storyline, you know, and it was just like there were like really really cool things that now as an adult I just didn't appreciate as a kid. But Did like, you ever hear the one called the Punisher? Dis- the Punisher kills the Marvel Universe. No, no, I've no, I I re- heard of the Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. That was uh, the first time they did that was with the Punisher. Oh, okay. Garth Ennis, the, I'm getting the taken to school the, right now. This well, should that be that the... was my era. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this would have been the '90s and. It was an alternate story where, uh, in the everybody knows Punisher, right, from the movies and such, right? His family gets killed by mobsters, and so he goes. He's got a yeah. He's got a bunch out. of shitty movies right. made about him. Well, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren was the OG. Yeah, I, right? I like that movie. John, man. Uh, was it John? Was it John Jane or whatever? Thomas Jane. Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Thomas Jane, you guys watched Expanse. No. You guys should watch it. I want to. Did you watch Hung? Did you watch Hung? <laughs> oh. The series on, I think, Showtime? Oh, yeah. He was oh, in that shit, too, right? YouTube right, videos. Right. I thought I'd watched it, but it's something else, I guess. Dude, one of my favorite lines is from that Punisher. It was when uh, the henchman is, is trying to scare some other hood. And he was like, oh, yeah. And then uh, what they're going to do is something I can only describe as deeply pornographic. <laughs> and it was just fucking chilling. And you're just like, oh, God, tell him what he wants to know. No doubt. That sounds uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Anyways, really quick, Punisher is the only comic I really collected. Yeah. Back in the day. And that's what got that, that fits your personality. <clears throat> so the, the, what era was this? <clears throat> this was the uh, mid-90s, early mid-90s. So, um, War ha- Journal and all that War stuff. War Journal is the What attracted you to that art? I don't know. I just, just, I just guy like killing people and not giving a fuck. There's something about... <laughs> A Marvel character that doesn't have special like powers, powers but they have special training. Hmm. Like they're normally uh, human. So do you like up. Deadpool too? Deadpool, Deadpool's like, got no, is a mutant. He's, he's, he's that got a ton like, of powers. Yeah, he's got like 
Wolverine times well, 12. Well, kind of. That's, yeah, <laughs> hey, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to yeah, yeah. grab some bench real quick while Art tells us? <laughs> no, sorry. You want to take a lap real quick? No, no, no. no. <laughs> he, he's not the obvious, like, powers, you know what I mean? No, that, that, that's the joke for... from his eyes. Well, <laughs> no, well, in the Wolverine movie. The thing was, like, when I saw that on the rack, I read it, and then I was like, I want to buy this. And I continued buying it. And eventually, like, you know, I was, like, so young, and I didn't have money to buy it, that I ended up giving them all to my brother. My brother, from there took those and just bought comics and comics and comics because he had a he had a job and he was in high school he had a job but i didn't Mm -hmm. i was only in like middle school at the time but yeah i mean my brother is how i know aaron over here so ah yeah there's a connection right there all started with the punisher books read his book did he let you read his books then yeah no no i went through all of this stuff i read everything he picked up because like i didn't have to spend any money he spent his money and i got to read them just I just didn't own him anymore, and I gave him all my whatever I had. I gave to him, and mm. he still has all my Punisher War journals. Nice. So, were you a Depeche Mode fan? I did become a Depeche Mode <laughs> fan because of my brother, you know. Oh, because his brother. All right, <laughs> you're a Depeche Mode fan. Personal Jesus, my friend. Wait, you, that little you, you like other music other than uh, hip hop? So you asked the thing, you guys. Wait, what? Like, wait, wait, you're you're, you're <laughs> not answering no, our no, questions. Here. You're not answering our questions. <laughs> Because this guy gives me shit about my music taste yeah. all the time. Yeah, your music's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> this guy likes Depeche Mode. Depe- hey, do you like Morrissey? No. No? The Smiths are cool. You do, cool, don't you? But I mean, I, 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 I like all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's like you like 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 get that with your uh, yeah. cholo outfit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody that grew up in that era liked Depeche Mode, New Order, you know, stuff like that. You think so? Because it was just pop music. It was popular music at that time. You know what's funny is uh, he, uh, uh, Jason actually uh, referenced to looking for uh, comic books as digging, which is a common uh, uh, phrase we use in in hip-hop as well. And and it's like looking for gems, too, right? That's exactly what it is. You know what I mean? And like when you were uh, going through those, like for example, like those all those uh, discounted ones and stuff like that, you would find some good stuff. Like like for example, all the stuff that we were just talking about. And they they stand the test of time, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, that's funny how that, yeah, that's a good observation. Yeah, the culture is kind of true. Was it cool? Yeah, real cool. It all correlates. Yeah, uh, I think does, with yeah. anything like baseball card collecting, record collecting, comic collecting, it's all you find mint, you find, you know, some crappy stuff. It's yeah. Excuse me. I don't know if you heard so, that. So what? one of... Um, Limited release. W- one of the <laughs> yeah. things I did uh, collect as far as comic books was uh, Spawn. Oh, yeah. Spawn. Dude, Spawn, dude, when Spawn, the image first started. Yeah. Todd McFarlane. You, yeah. Dude, that anime and, series. Um, did you guys ever watch? Speak, speaking of image, it's your 25-year anniversary this year. Yeah, that's right. Of, uh, Shout out oh, to Michael yeah. J. White, who yeah. played Spawn in the movie. Yeah. And John Leguizamo. Oh, yeah. yeah. As a clown, dude. <laughs> I forget the clown's <laughs> name. but Annihilator or something yeah. like that? Yes. Good yeah. job, Sasso. Yeah, you're welcome. Way to get involved. Uh, uh, and um, what's it called? <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. Fuck you. <laughs> I watched a lot of cartoons, man, but I didn't read that many comic books, but I did read Spawn. And did you... Uh, okay, so excuse my ignorance, but uh, was it... Uh, was is it McFarlane? Todd McFarlane? Yeah, was he the He's, same uh, the artist as Image The Mask? Now, right? Do you the, guys the ever the seen The Mask? The Mask? Yeah. No, and you know what? I Because I, I always... Tell you as a kid, that. I always thought it was the same artist. So was there some kind of biting going you know, on there? You see The Mask. Are you talking about the Jim Carrey movie? No, 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 no. The other guy with the big teeth. And he had like oh spikes. the max the max M-A-X. thank you thank oh, you I'm sorry yeah the max the max I'm sorry is that, yeah. is that, that was there? my Mexican accent oh. coming out it's like the, the mask the eh? it was very dark it was very um, dark yeah Pardon? 
Dude, you know what? Peel? The characters on fucking Max is dope. Yeah, because they're really, and, very like and, uh, but I think the he wizard. Might have been uh, paired fucking, with another guy who was the writer at the beginning. He had the same style as the Spawn. Isn't that where? Isn't that from Saved by the Bell? The Max. No, no, no. It was the artist's name. Sam Keith. Oh, he did both. Okay, yeah. okay. Did, yeah, that actually is, um, you know, one of my specialties is the adaptation process because I was like these cartoons that we were talking about, Spidey, X-Men, Batman, that came Max out when I was too, in yeah. college. And I was just starting college, but I was in the film minor, and so I was doing film studies. And so I was like taking, you know, and journalism. So both well, of Speaking my, of journalism, Jason is a uh, part-time contributor to Hall 8 Show. But he also has his own site. When are you gonna play oh, yeah. Shout yes, that out. We, we forgot I just launched say. HeroJournalism.com, or you can find us uh, at Facebook slash HeroJournalism. You can link to our YouTube uh, uh, account. We just uh, got our YouTube channel started where we're going to be you know, doing stuff kind of like what we're doing here, but maybe a little bit more documentary style, cool. uh, breaking down not just comic books, but <clears throat> cinema uh, uh, any genre, uh, television, cartoons. I'm going to definitely hit superhero cartoons big. So we're, we're working on a, uh, some Spider-Man projects to uh, highlight the new Spider-Man Homecoming movie that we're hoping to have out in the next week or two. So really nice. excited about nice. that. That's awesome. Now yeah. You were, oh, so, I was going to say about the Max. You brought mm-hmm, the Max. Yeah. Um, that so I was very interested in the adaptation process. I you know um, I just think that there's something you know. Have you ever heard people talk about the theory that there's something again unique to the medium of comic books where mm-hmm. there's panels and they each panel is a steps forward in time a yes. little bit. Well, yeah, you know, there's theory out there that 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 has that gives a special connection to the reader that they fill in the blanks just yes. like when you're reading a novel you're picturing it yes. well they're filling in what's happening between the two panels and therefore they're kind of more complicit and engaged in the narrative and to me i think my theory is that that is why it's so fucking cool to see cartoons of these characters yeah because you've seen it in your mind and now you're seeing it literally because it's drawings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're seeing it in front of you. And so I, I find that process very interesting. Yeah. The Max holds a distinction of being not only one of the best adaptations of a comic book or a superhero, but a adaptation of the actual book the pages yeah. of the book down to what the medium is. Not just the story. It didn't just get the characters right. It literally replicates the experience of moving if you watch yeah. that opening credit sequence when you yeah, get a minute dude, go I on youtube love find that, that, that opening credit sequence and then try and find a uh, uh go do a google image search for the first two pages of the max comic book actually it will yeah. blow your fucking mind yeah, yeah, yeah it they literally replicated and they didn't do it as hardcore throughout the rest of the series they it pop up here but Different panels were moving through the screen as action was going in the opening scene of that. Mm-hmm. And it you look at I had my book and I was looking up and I, I could not believe how a television show, you know, was able to replicate the format of a comic book. That's so that crazy it, that you bring that up because yeah. I, I I remember that. It, it, it replicating the yeah. the comic book. Just I mean, it's the, the beauty it of comic books. I mean, they're pretty much storyboard right there. You know? Yeah, that's. Yeah. The, I mean, that's essentially what a storyboard is. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing is about what you're describing. Like, uh, I remember just throughout the years, just watching movies, and where that 
that moment would happen where you're like, wow, I've seen that as a panel in a comic. I mean, from like the fr- I mean, the first Spider-Man, I think, was the one where I actually did win the fight with uh, Green Goblin at the end. Like that was one of the moments where I was like, whoa, this is they're doing a fucking amazing job. Uh, most recently, the one that kind of stands out is uh, Ghost in the Shell. They did a really good job as far as like copying what the actual anime looked like. But my thought was, why the fuck don't they do that more often? You know what I mean? Because that's an immediate way to tie someone into a movie. And like auto- immediately when you see that, you kind of get taken back. Like, dude, I remember reading that in a comic, looking through the panel. Mm-hmm. Like, y- it-, it takes you back to that mindset. And they don't actually do it that way. Are you often. talking about the Ghost in the Shell movie with Scarlett Johansson that came out? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there was a lot of controversy with that. Yeah, I know. And it didn't do very well, right, in the theaters? No, it did not. Not, not. not in America. It did, I think it did overseas. It did really right? well overseas. overseas. Yeah, it did and it over. heard it did great in Asian countries. Yeah. Where, you know... As where the Asians in America were, were complaining they had a lot about of, it. They had a lot of, and and this is a good segue to comic book controversies. Yeah. It's kind of ironic that... The actual Asian countries didn't seem to be as bothered no, about it as. Well, and I saw a lot of them were enamored with the Western. Oh, with the source. Oh, with Western. Okay, Western gotcha. Yeah. Right, right. So, and even I the source s- material, she looked Caucasian. You know, like mm-hmm. in the anime. So I, which I, is a, actually a common trait of anime. Yeah, as a common I remember trait of anime. my film teacher having to tell us, I, someone in class goes. How come they all look white? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, or how, no, how come they all are white is yeah. what the person said, the student. And the teacher was like, they're not. That's just, this is their art style. You're, you're, you know, projecting what you, how you divide race, uh, yeah. which is not a big, you know, he wasn't saying it in an accusatory way. Right. But, you know, you're, that's, that's, it's a Eastern thing and we have Western things and that's just. And it's a fascinating topic that no one talks yeah. about. You know what I mean? Like, even yeah. just right there, you yeah. just avoided that shit. Right. Thank you, Professor. <laughs> it's funny because there's a video uh, because of that that movie, and some guy was interviewing a bunch of. Uh, uh, it, it was from Japan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a lot of Japanese people asking them, "Well, what do you guys think about it?" And like, do you guys even care that the person uh, that it's Scarlett Johansson playing uh, that girl? And they're like, "No, you didn't even notice that it was her." I mean, if you look at the com or the yeah, if you look at the anime, they look. Caucasian, or they they don't even look Japanese, and so that that was their answer over there. And so I don't if you could you could search it on YouTube or some shit like that. No, no, I, I seen that exact video, and I thought it was a really really good um, point of discussion. I mean, it's just as far as like, so then why are we so upset? And I don't think it's America, but the same <laughs> regard, I think like we're upset is value. I mean, it has has a point too, yes. you know. Yeah. And I think like what it is is just that like. The discuss it, it. The discussion is always handled just like how Jason described. Whereas, like, why are you just doing that, man? Come on, <laughs> keep going. Can, can, you, be pro- can you be professional? Shut but the, the discussion is always handled like how Jason just described it in his uh, college college classroom, where it's like, it's like, no, 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 no. That's how you're interpreting it, and then they kind of move up, move on. But it's like, well, but wait, wait. Like, it, are we in the West really, really overly sensitive, or is there something else? And I, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about it just because, like, I have nothing else to do, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aside from you arguing, arguing with strangers, with strangers on, 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 Facebook. On, yeah, on Facebook. We've talked about this on the Hall H podcast. Was it the, uh, do you remember the specific one? Was it Ghost in the Shell that we were talking I think about? We have, may have broached Ghost in the Shell, but it may have been Iron Fist or... Iron Fist mm. was definitely one. Oh, Iron Fist right. is, a, is a serious one because people got mad, but the source 
character was always white. You know, I have not. That was ironic. Yeah. They, yeah. they they got mad that they didn't cast an Asian guy to play a white guy from the comics. Like, like white guys don't like martial, martial arts. arts guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, in a way, is a little stereotypical. Which well, is okay. I, I, I don't, right. you know, for me, that's not as a serious infraction as Taliswin and Doctor Strange playing the ancient one. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, a good yeah. one. That's a good one. Yeah. That was a huge that's a that's a very though, that's right. a very good one cuz it does drive me nuts when they This is my best my favorite example of that. Fucking uh David Hasselhoff becoming Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> what? Now, if you know who the fuck I'm talking about, you talk, I'm talking Nick about Nick Fury. Fury. Yeah. Nick Fury was oh. portrayed as David Hasselhoff in one film and, and Samuel L. Jackson. For a long time uh, was, George Clooney was was about to make a Nick Fury, Nick Fury f- film, and imagine that uh, if that would have had to happen before the Samuel Jackson, right. it would probably be Nick uh, him as Nick Fury. In but, the Hashi. Well, I think Nick Fury was based off the Ultimates. That, that he's right. There, the original continuity in the comics that from the '60s was uh, was he was a white guy, and then. They had an alternate universe uh, line of comics, so yeah. they could like start over and, yeah. and not have to deal with all the continuity. And they decided to <laughs> change a lot of characters, off. right? And I, and I think they, they they based their Nick Fury off of Samuel Jackson. I think they did, yeah. right? They did. And you know, the funny thing is, is like that's my favorite example, only because I didn't like Nick Fury before, uh-huh. and then I like Nick Fury now, <laughs> right? Right, and like. They ba- and you could tell they did base it off of Samuel L. Jackson, but when you think about it, it just sounds fucking ridiculous. Like, why did you guys change, take the character and change the race? And it, it made such a big impact. In that case, I guess it worked, but I mean, is that right? <laughs> like, like, is that what we should be doing? I mean, like, like, how do? Is there more to talk about on this topic? Yeah, I think so because you know one of the unique, another unique element of comic books is. Again, because of that serialization, because it's a medium that comes out on such a regular basis, unlike any other medium, there have been dozens and dozens and dozens of, of Sherlock Holmes books, but they don't come out every month. There haven't yeah. been thousands and thousands of them, um, or tens of thousands of them. And because of that sheer volume of material and that nonstop pace where every month they got to have new stories... It forces the writers to do things that you wouldn't do in normal mediums, to push the limits of stories and characters, to change them, to kill them off, to do these things that you it would just might seem a little rash or against the character's, you know, notion uh, 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 to change it dramatically or to bring in a, a new character to put on the costume or something like that. And so... There's a cliche about comic books that they always bring back people that have been killed off. Well, that's why they do it. It's because they're always looking for new stories and there's in such desperate need of it that they think, hey, what would happen if that character came back? I got an interesting angle on that. Really, all that matters is do you have a good story? It's it's a little bit less, oh, are we a slave to what happened in the past? So, like, right now... Captain America in the comic books is an agent of Hydra. Yeah, which is uh, which I don't which like. didn't which didn't yeah, sit well with exactly, a lot of people. Exactly right, but but you know my my view is it, it, I'm not buying the issues. So, um, but my guess is that that's exactly what I've been laying out is what that is going to be. At a certain point, that 
crazy weird direction that they took the character in will have played itself out. They'll they'll run out of good stories to be told in that way, and then the character will revert back. And then a bunch of people will complain about how everything in comics reverts back, you know, not really yeah. getting that that's the point of the medium is to be able to explore Just, in yeah. different directions. I, I, I know we're talking about you know race relations and you know in comic books, but let me just segue into something else before I forget. Uh, going to how you're talking about how there's so much change in direction when it comes to comic books. Uh, I read, I came across this article. I think it was written by Deb Aoki. She's a American here in the states making manga, mm-hmm. and she says when it comes to manga in Japan, the reason why it's a lot of people are starting to go toward manga anime is because the creative team stay together for such a long time, versus American comic books. They're only like stay together for a limited time. The creators, the, crea- the creative team. Yeah, that so, is true. So, so, yeah. so you know, you don't get that change in like story and like you know the characters that's interesting manga so it's the chemistry of the uh the creators yeah and and, well just and also just the the thought process behind stories and characters in general Mm. you have the continuity that stays there for such a long time they feel Mm. the pulse of how it's supposed to go versus american comics where you can have a team come in and change the tone you can have the oh yes make uh Cap uh, Agent Hydra, you know, and, it's like, it up, yeah. and, then, and then they're out, yeah, and then they're, yeah, exactly. yeah. or they make a Fantastic Four movie where Doctor Doom is a crash test dummy, you know. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, so I, you know, I, I just wanted to <laughs> bring that up before I forgot. No, that isn't that is an in- interesting thing because, like, it, to be honest with you, like to me, it always just came off as lazy writing. Like, why a lot of these things are happening? It's like, okay, bring the character back from dead. How about you just do a throwback series like Agent Carter or something like that? Agent- well, I think when it comes to Captain America, I think it's because stories about fascism are sort of like ingrained within pop culture now. So they're trying to capitalize on it. Well, that is one thing that I've been saying pretty regularly, uh, you know, regardless of how you feel about Trump and all that type of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of people mad right now. And during times like this is when a lot of really good art comes out. You know, I mean, when people are like miserable, like when you think of any type of art revolution, like during the Renaissance or any art periods, it's always been during like times of political conflict. And uh, even if you look, you know, you were talking about you studied film and stuff like that. You look through horror movies. They're always tied to some type of political conflict, such as Vietnam, things like that. But Or the Red Scare of the 50s. A lot of those yeah, alien sci-fi yes. things. Were- Dude, yes, yes. But you know, going back to your what if comment earlier. Yeah. I think this whole Captain America being Hydra should have been a what if story. Yeah. Not like, you know, a main story. See, I feel like it is. It's just we haven't gotten to the part where they're revealing it's a what if, you know, because... Uh, there's no way if if it was at all fathomable that that they are seriously because I really felt kinship with Captain America. Yeah. I collected him in the '80s because the '80s were when your guys' heroes were just coming into form. Punisher and uh, Wolverine were not the Punisher and Wolverine of the '90s in yeah. the '70s. In the '80s, they transitioned into this anti-hero superstar status and. And I, all of me and my friends, we, we got, uh, I used to seek out every early, before Punisher had his own series, we bought the limited series. I'd go buy back issues of Spider-Man that he appeared in, etc. cetera. Um, but uh, uh, you, um, uh, the, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I t- completely uh, lost my train no, of thought. No, that's okay, um, man. But, you know, another thing, too, but when you're just saying all that stuff, Captain America is the closest thing to, like, the iconic oh, that's, DC characters. Exactly, where and that's perfect. Why, that's why I bought perfect. it. That's what I was going to say. Is yeah. That's why I bought it was 
after reading all these, you know, really darker, grimmer, violenter stories, I loved having this guy who just, who had no powers and his weapon wasn't even a weapon. It was a defensive item. Yes. And he just used his skill and he always did the right thing and he fought for people that were underprivileged. It was just, I loved the... That's the same reason why my girlfriend likes uh, Captain America. Right, <laughs> but, yeah, but you know what? Those, exa- those exact same reasons because he's do- he does good. But you know what? Like, he's a good person. Doing a callback to when you you brought up like I see those comics and I think of my dad. You think about those uh, the uh, the older generation where like the stuff that that influenced them or inspired them. They didn't look at stuff and go, "Oh, that's a reflection of me." They look at that's what I want to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that to me, that's what DC was. That's what a Captain America is. That's what someone looks to and they go, you know what? I would like, it's impossible to be perfect like that, but I would like to try to get as close as I can to it. I mean, that's, Spidey that's kind too. of, yeah. Spidey's well, well, Spidey was flawed is, too though. Is, you know, the, with great power comes, comes great responsibility. responsibility. But he was a nerd. He dealt with inner conflicts. He had all these issues. He had girl issues like left and right. I mean, what teenager did not directly like just, you know, relate to him? You know, whereas Captain America, like with Spider-Man, you saw yourself in Spider-Man. You're like, wow. And it's always hilarious to me because it's always some nerd and then something happens to him. Then all of a sudden he's perfect. Right. (laughs) But, uh, but like back to the iconic type of heroes, those are the guys that you look to. You're like, man, those are just like idols. Like, I want to be like that. I want. I want to do what Captain America would do. You know, like that type of thing. And yeah, so role model. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. So then to hear that your role model <laughs> is now part of Hydra, which Hydra has turned into kind of like a Nazi party. You know, or like uh, always were. Well, at one point there was a Used secret to work society. For the Nazis. Yeah, it was like a secret society type of thing, and like, yeah, it's just. It's yeah, it's it's the Nazis. No, that's why I'm so convinced it will be a temporary thing because if it were full time forever, I would consider so, so that a you, violation so of the you character. You think he's doing a Nightwing? Yeah. <laughs> Is that like? No, I'm just kidding. I was about to say a Batwing joke. All right. Um. <laughs> you know, um, just on your, your, but you brought up the 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 point about fat, uh, him being like uh, fighting against or the the, the connection with fascism, right? right? Yes. He really was a symbol of fighting fascism. Yes. And one of the controversial or potentially controversial decisions that Marvel took the safe way out with the Captain America movie was not having a certain guy named Hitler really in it. I think he might have been in it for one shot. I don't even know if we saw his face or something. Yeah, I think he got the idea of that. Right. Yeah. But... I tell you, one of the most iconic comic book covers of all time is Captain America <laughs> punching out Hitler. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and here, that was our symbol of, to fight fascism. And, and um, you know, you know why they did it. It was political. Yeah. It's a very charged topic, and people would have been upset with it. But I felt like it would have been so true to the character because that's what the character was. The character yeah. was just a guy putting on his bootstraps and going to fight a guy that... Uh, there's a moment in the Avengers that almost brought a tear to my eye where he stands up against Loki and he goes, I don't like bullies. Or, you know, oh, oh, yeah, last yeah. time I saw a Which, guy standing above himself, you know, referring to the 40s, uh, it didn't work yeah, out yeah. that well. Yeah. <laughs> Which every comic book kid just relates to right away. You're like, I don't like bullies, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, who does? Bullies. <laughs> <laughs> This guy this over guy. here to my to <laughs> my right. That's actually what I was waiting for. That's why I turned to him. I was like, well, oh, what yeah. were you going to say? Yeah. What were you going to say? 
That's freaking hilarious. Oh, what, what's man. another? What's so, another uh, controversy? So we got. Wait. So uh, I have a question because I know I I, uh, I brought up Disney. Um, how do you guys feel about uh, Disney being owners of Marvel? Because I know there's people that are like, no, I don't. You know, they they don't like that Disney is owners has has ownership of Marvel. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, you know, it doesn't bother me. Uh, there's some very great things about it. The fact that uh, they now have the resources of um, a Disney studio. Um, the fact that Disney has things called Disneyland and Disney World means you can go to those Marvel, you know, rides and everything. They used to have just the, the MGM one yeah. down in, in uh, Florida or whatever. But now, so it... On, a, on one level, it's expanding the uh, exposure uh, and outreach of that prop of those properties to the culture, bringing them to more people. So that that in itself can only be a good thing. Um, another good thing is is that they've been very hands off in the studio, um, and I don't think they've even touched the comic books. The comic books aren't worth enough money probably for them to get to give a shit about that. But. Um, but you know they know that Kevin Feige at Marvel uh, Studios has really got a well-oiled machine going, and he's cranking out hit after hit, and they're happy to say, "What do you need?" and let's get out of yeah. the way. So, you know, the downsides aren't too many that I see right now. Um, you know, it's it's something you could always be worried about and concerned about because it's you know whenever you get a large corporate entity, that's always possible. But but I think a lot of people that worry about that or are anti-corporate or anti-Disney are probably just jumping the gun a little bit. It doesn't appear that there's been much negative that's happened well, at the, in the interim I, so far. I, I, I think when it comes to something relevant, when it comes to, like, say, anti-Disney, maybe, possibly would be, since, you know, San Diego Comic-Con is just around the corner, Marvel's presence at Comic-Con is going to be limited because Disney has their own convention called D23, which is a week before oh, San Diego yeah. Comic Con. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and how yeah. far away is it from Comic Con? It's a week it's before. A, and how far geographically? Oh, it's in Anaheim, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's a drive wow. away. They could go to both literally on the yeah, same. Yeah, it's only know, trip. an hour away. Right. So it, it sounds like it, they can make a good vacation out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Traveling. Yeah. That's interesting. So. Yeah. Actually, how 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 long ago or when when did D? Disney Disney purchased Marvel? No, 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 no. Uh, D23. D23. Yeah, how long, sure. you know, how long how did it start? I think um, it started like a couple of years ago, yeah, didn't it? it's just a few years old. It's, it hasn't been around as That's long as, you know, Comic-Con. I've seen pictures of that, and it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Just Let's saying. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, now that, um, I, God, I, my ex-girlfriend would have been all over that. She was a big Disney person. We'd always mm -hmm. go up to Disneyland. Now that it's got Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah, because that I, I mean, I see all the backlash of Disney owning those two things like, oh, you know, it's, yeah. but I mean, if you see the outcome, like you said, it's like it's really good stuff. I mean, it's funny. You're getting more blowback on Star Wars. I'm kind of surprised yeah. at how much blowback is starting to develop because some people are really pushing back that they didn't think Force Awakens was quite all that. And then. Mm -hmm. And then I, I've just seen a lot of stuff on YouTube reviews and stuff about the Rogue One was the the last one that came out yeah. the spinoff and yeah. and uh, and some good criticisms. I thought it was a very enjoyable, well put together movie. But yeah. uh, what was the criticism that you thought was really good? Well, uh... you know, there's definitely was some character problems, um, and there was a little bit of confusion on the plotting. Um, you know, uh, 
Yeah, one thing that if you watch a lot of movies, you start to spot some of these tropes. And and even just the word trope is kind of a negative connotation as if you're just phoning it in, lazy writer, as you called it in another context earlier. Um, to me, it's about execution. If it works, yeah. sometimes you can take a cliche and it's still good. You know, it's, if it's entertaining to you, then who am I to tell you that you're stupid? You shouldn't like that. Um, right. But, and you're right about that in that comment. I agree 100%. It's about execution. Mm-hmm. There's nothing new under the sun, but how did you do it? So there's this one scene in Rogue One where... Um, and this is a common thing when, when you have a character that you is fairly new, it might be the very first scene you see them in. A lot of times the writer will have them do something very attention getting. Yeah. And that is aimed to give you information about, even though you don't think about it in that way, that's supposed to tell you something about that person. So if the guy walks into a bar and there's some drunkard, you know, cocking off at the bar and he comes up and just punches him out. That whoa, that guy's a fucking badass. I yeah. told you, you know, they they're establishing his cred. A good example of that would be uh, Darth Vader in the beginning of the first Star Wars, Episode Four. Uh-huh. You know, and he when he comes in and he's lifting that guy up by the neck, you're like, oh, yeah, damn, yeah. this guy is tough. So, um, one of those scenes that didn't quite work for me in Rogue One was when uh, the girl, the woman, Felicity Jones, I think her name is. I forget what her name is in the thing, but. She uh, uh, she's got these batons like billy clubs. You remember that? And she walks out into this alley and she takes down a couple, like a group of like four stormtroopers who have guns, by the way. You're hilarious. She's, she's going like <laughs> batons, flinging her rods, taking like three seconds to knock out the first guy, one and a half the second guy. Yeah. Then she dives in the second two, and you're like, why weren't they grabbing their blasters? Oh my gosh, <laughs> you are hilarious. You know what? You know what's really funny is like I can't even critique fighting. Because, like, I'm such a badass. I just know none of that would ever happen. <laughs> I'm fucking kidding. I'm fucking kidding. Oh, but, like, dude, when does fighting man. ever look real in movies these days? Yeah. Like, if you watch boxing or MMA, like, so it's, it's kind of hilarious. Like, that, that was the thing that you got mad at. That was the, but yeah, because like I did, I didn't feel. I'm like, first of all, they they're all armored. Are you telling? The other thing that's I think hilarious. That's the funny part is that they need <laughs> that they didn't go for their for their guns. Well, because I remember well, thinking that right. I was like, why did they go for the guns? They, they would have missed. They would have girl. We don't need guns. <laughs> they would have missed anyway. Exactly. That's a good that's joke. That's exactly where they're gonna go. That they're a fucking joke. That they're a joke. That the at this point because of how they've written them and how they you know executed like all their actions and stuff, they're kind of a joke now but uh yeah you're still mad that they funny. weren't a joke <laughs> well you didn't want them to be a joke then you yeah, wanted them to actually you know, like, put up a fight I'll, I'll tell you as a kid um the stormtrooper costume was one of the coolest things i'd ever seen and yeah. D- darth vader with this i used to have a folder in grade school yeah which was him flanked by two stormtroopers and and i would just sit there like when it was a bad math class or something like that, and I wasn't even paying, I just would stare at that boulder at every little ridge and nuance of their costumes because their costume design is just brilliant. It looks so cool. I can't tell you why. I'm trained in film. I'm not trained in costume design. I can't tell you why it looks so cool, but I would, just the the grill where the mouth is on the Stormtrooper costume or whatever, it just looks so cool. You know those little Stormtrooper action figures? Mm Mm-hmm. Those were the best for like spinning them. Oh, you said <laughs> yeah. No, I have to like. I'm gonna have to like say that Snake Eyes, the GI Joe Snake Eyes, were the best ones. Oh you yeah. Put the penny in, be- in between the crotch, and you would spin them. You would flick their head, and they would go up, and they would spin. 
they go down a windmill sometimes. Oh. Yeah. There's like an ongoing uh, video thing going on in in Instagram right now where on B-Boy Spot or whatever, they're like spinning toys to make them look like they're breaking. Oh, really? I don't know if you guys have seen that, but no, they're, we, they're we using like uh, toys to so make them guys. breaking. We used to do that back you know, in the 80s. You would you put a, a penny... In between the crotch. I've never yeah. heard of this. Ooh, yeah. Oh, you never, you never? No, no. So, so I had all those action figures. Sounds like about. my ex-wife. GI <laughs> 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 Joe figures. So, like the way they were built back then, you would just slip a penny. But it's weird because it's like right a, at their taint. Yeah, it was like an H H format on their on their little pelvis, and you would put a penny in there. Yeah. And then it would spread their legs out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my ex-wife. <laughs> oh. well, then then why is she would, your ex? She yeah. sounds great. <laughs> so it, it would give the perfect, you know, like formation for them to spread their legs and do a head spin, and you would flick their heads. And um, we used to do with all the GI Joe characters, my brothers and I. And Snake Eyes was always the one that like was the longest <laughs> one. Which is funny because he was the character who did break dance in the actual cartoon. Mm. <laughs> He did. Yes, yeah. he did. Uh, a little Fun side fact. note here. Uh, a little shout out to Jabba, Jabba One. One. He uh, refurbishes GI Joe figures uh, specifically. Yeah, Todd, Todd, Todd Himaka. Specifically, Todd Himaka. Snake Eyes, right? No, he, he refurbishes his uh, um, um, different GI Joes and sells them. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it's like his little side hustle right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has a. If you go on his Instagram, um, I think he doesn't really push it on his own Instagram, but he has a separate Instagram where does he, he employ elves? Hustles. Like little elves to do it for him? Like, is that like a joke towards yes, me? Yes, it's a joke. Oh, oh, are you one of the elves? Oh, yeah. He said, is that a joke towards me? <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was me Which promoting his, uh, his, 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 his side hustle. <laughs> but yeah, he was telling me about it. He's, it. It's pretty cool. He goes through these conventions and he sells his uh, figurines. Which is really cool. That's, that's yeah, cool. That's I was cool. like, "How do you get the little rubber band back into the the legs?" Oh yeah, they had that rubber band. <laughs> yeah, that was like, he, he, and uh, somehow he, I think he like screws it open or whatever. But he, I've actually just gotten into a couple YouTube channels that do that stuff. They're, they're retro toy YouTube channels. They do uh, heavy on GI 80s GI Joe figures and uh, Star Wars stuff. And one that I really love is called Retro Blasting and. That dude is, it's kind of like, you know, the reason why I picked Hero Journalism for the name of my uh, channel and website. Because it's badass. I thought so. Yeah. But I, I love that it. it's it's uh, uh, one word of kind of the whimsical, the stuff that I like and I'm drawn towards. But it, the other word is, to me, serious. Because mm. it's about, even though we're talking about goofy <clears throat> stuff that a lot of people don't take seriously, I take it seriously and I want to take it seriously in, in my endeavors. Um, and this guy is really, he used to be a journalist. And so he really breaks down his, you know, and he mainly focuses on 80 toys, but he does some newer stuff too. But, um, and when now I don't watch the videos that do this as much, but he has a lot of videos that are restoration videos where you find out how you get that rubber band back in the torso. Oh, of the yeah. GI Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's actually pretty interesting. I have a bunch of toys that are fucking broken that yeah, are yeah. X-Men toys before you insert jokes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're you're dildos? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have the bunny rabbit? This has been a, a pretty PG-13 uh, yeah, podcast anyway. so yeah, far. Do you, have the, you, you have the bunny rabbit? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? So anyways, before uh, we move on any further, we should actually talk more about uh, the Hall H uh, podcast. Yeah. So uh, what are some of the stuff that you guys talk about? Because I w actually want to get our listeners psyched on you guys because we do have people who follow us who are in art, who are in the comics, who have a similar background as us. Sure. Um, 
as I alluded to, like maybe three hours ago. Um, <laughs> this is a callback. <laughs> um, yeah, the the mission statement of Hall H is to put the Hall H spotlight on Artist Alley, and basically, an extension of that would be anybody who's creative. Mm-hmm. So when we say artist, that's loosely that loose can loosely mean uh, an illustrator, writer, uh, cosplayer, photographer. Nice. B-boys, you yeah. know, anybody creative is who we want on our podcast. Okay. Um, so um, as we mentioned earlier, you know, our first comic cons were back in the, you know, like Alex said, early 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm 95. Jason was like early 2000s. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, guys. That, that was quite a visual. It was like, it, oh, it's oh, hot oh. in this room. <laughs> so... Um, so, so basically, um, we kind of thought there was a need uh, because, like I said earlier, we we're not gonna we're not gonna compete with the, the colliders, the IGNs, uh, the the big media houses out there. Because, I mean, if if you want the latest and greatest, there's a bunch of other sites out there. Yeah. But when it comes to you know reporting and and, and talking about uh, the artists, the creators, I don't think there's really a whole lot of people out there talking about it. So we kind of thought that's gonna be our niche. We're gonna do that. So it's kind of funny because, like, when we're out there, you know, in the pop culture world, people know what Hall H is, yeah. you know. So when we say, yeah, we're from HallH.com, they go, oh, really? Like, do you guys do blah, 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 blah? It's like all, you know, the popular mainstream stuff. It says, no, nah, we're, we're mostly in Artist Alley. So, uh, like, like, our new tagline is, uh, is, is HallH.com uh, Artist Alley uh, Evangelist. That's our tagline right now. So Damn. That to us, you know, we're gonna make <coughs> artist alley our focus. Uh, artists, uh, people who create things in general, um, people like um, like I'm wearing the shirt, Kid Comics right now. I'm repping him right now. His name is Keith and Jones. He's a local artist here in San Diego. He's actually started teaching a class on comic book creation at uh, Platt College. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, cool. He's gonna be at uh, Comic Con this year. Uh, you know, showcasing his creator-owned comic book called The Power Knights. So his publishing company, he started he started a publishing company called Kid Comics. Um, and so he's using Kid Comics as an umbrella and connecting with other creators out there around the United States. And they're sort of coalescing and with a, with a you know, sort of, you know, unified vision of like promoting their creator-owned comic books out there. Because... No, with the advent of like social media and, and technology, I mean, he's had several Kickstarter campaigns that have been pretty successful. So uh, we met him last year at, at San Diego Comic Con. We kind of struck up a conversation, and he's been on our podcast like twice. So uh, we're looking forward to connecting with him. He's going to be at a booth. Um, it's a mutual friend of uh, Alex's. Uh, they, they went to school together. Actually, he went to school with Keithan. Um, there's another person that's going to – they're actually going to be at a booth – uh, with uh, Bobby Rubio, Bobby Rubio is currently a story artist for Pixar, mm. but but he does his own comic books on the side as well. Alcatraz High, okay. so okay. he ha- he's had a table. I think it's booth 1943. Yeah, he's had that booth for like over the long for over ten years. So uh, it's I like how you know the number. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm like Love tripping it. out. So Love so it. so so <laughs> it's gonna be Bobby Keithan and, and um, his, brother. his brother. What was his brother's name? Uh, Ronald. Ronald. Ron. And he works on... How do you spell the last name? Rubio. Just like oh, no, I'm sorry. What did you say? Keith? Oh, Keith and Jones. How do you spell the first name then? Oh. <laughs> Keith with an A-N. <laughs> Jones. Keith, Keith, A-N. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. 
So what was what was the, what did his brother do again? Um, his brother he worked on. I'm not sure where he works at now. Who's that? He worked on King of the Hill. He worked on King of the Hill, Cleveland show. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure where he's working at right now. So. Okay. Well, I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out. On, uh, well, you Comic-Con. know, one of the interesting things about that is it's actually kind of cool. Uh, if if people aren't familiar with uh, Hall H or our artist uh, um, Ali and all that stuff, all those different little things within Comic Con. Um, you brought up something that actually brought up some memories of mine when I, I would actually go through the artist alley at uh, Comic Con, and you would talk to people uh, who are just basically like they have a booth, they're just selling like uh, prints, talking about comics and stuff like that, and you find out that like they do have these these really successful careers as animators, as as all sorts of things, really interesting people who are really successful in something else, but they love comics they love drawing they love like some like the culture something about it and they're drawn there and they're they they, they choose to be there mm-hmm. it's right, actually for, really for, for probably a fraction of the compensation reward that they would get from their day job yeah it that's is, it is about the the love and the medium yeah and um to really even kind of articulate it even more is you're being surrounded by somebody who is driven by passion only and uh the will to create and it's as someone who is an artist and kind of in a creative like creative mind, that's really inspiring to be around those type of minds. So, mm-hmm. like, man, that's that, that sounds dope. Right. That you, what you guys are doing. Going back to what Aaron was saying, uh, Keith and Jones is he was your first guest on Hall H, right? Uh, second guest. He's your second guest. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess Not we can far off though. I'm impressed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we can talk to, talk about our first guest. His name was uh, his name is uh, Tony Kim. He he goes by the moniker Crazy for Comic Con, oh, and yeah. uh, he's sort of segued and used his all the time that he's built building his brand, and he's parlayed that into building a. Uh, a a fashion line, a geek fashion line, oh, yeah. called Hero Within. What? Okay. So, 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 so basically, w- the gist of it is, you know, he, he's a guy, and when it comes to fashion in the geek world, um, there's limited sort of fashion for guys. There's, mo- there's a lot of stuff for women, but there's not a lot. There's not a lot for for guys. So the way he positioned it was, hey, I'm a guy. I'm a, I'm a geek. I'm in. I love comic books. I love pop culture, but there's really nothing for me to wear when I go to board meetings or you know that type of you know uh, situation. Mm-hmm. So he's, he he said, you know what? That's interesting. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make this brand for people like me and for other people who want to like rep their their fandom, but not be so out there. It'll be understated. So if you look at his stuff, um, and there's a video of me trying on his 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 uh, Wonder Woman Wonder Woman denim jacket that he that he oh created. I saw I saw that. So uh, I was on a show. Uh, Englishman in San Diego, it's a cup of tea, SDCC. It's a weekly YouTube live show, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm a guest on there every so often. So we were at WonderCon earlier this year, and um, we had you know, interviewed Tony at his booth. And I tried on you know, the, the denim jacket just because Tony is a, a svelte guy. I'm not really svelte. So I wanted to see, or we wanted to see if it would fit me. You know, and extra large actually fit pretty well. So I, I ended up buying it. Nice. So, um, so Tony is like a um, sort of like a an example of how you can sort of use your your your, your pop culture and, and love for fan uh, love for fan uh, for pop culture and use that and parlay it into something like a business. Mm-hmm. So, for all those content creators out there, you know, there's there are avenues for you to to make a living. And he's sort of quit his his nine to five. 
he's 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 gone all in. Dude, that's awesome. That's the yeah. fucking dream. And yeah. that's the type yeah, right. of story yeah. that like a lot Living of people, like a lot of entrepreneurs, a yeah. lot of people can like it really resonates yeah. with them. So so his line of, of fashion is is officially licensed by DC Comics. Whoa. Dang. Yeah. I was yeah. gonna say, did he say a Wonder Woman? How did yeah. he do that? So, 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 yeah. yeah. So he has a full line. He has a bunch of like uh, Flash. I, I have a Flash. Uh, I gotta check it out. Yeah, it's Hero Within. Hero Within. Yeah. I gotta check that out. So, so I'm oh, waiting for cool. I'm waiting for the Flash jacket to come in. I, I I ordered that one as well. He has a bunch of shirts and you know other other you know sports jackets like a like a really cool uh, Batman sports jacket. So basically, it's like you can't tell, but if you look closely in the back, it's subtle. There's a there's a Batman logo in the mm. back. Yeah. You know, uh, like the stitching what? right here is just lined where he made the Batman like ears and stuff right there. So uh, it's built in, into the stitching. So I got to check that but out. You might not notice it if you're not yeah, looking exactly. for it. Yeah. So like the, the buttons have embellishment. Like there's the Wonder Woman symbol on the buttons. There's yeah. this uh, thing that uh, which I'm, I, like I follow a lot of people like Tim Ferriss and yeah, a couple yeah, other Ferriss. people who yeah. like to do uh, a lot of uh, like just... They, they study habits, <coughs> habits of inexcellence and things like that. Yeah. But one thing that they always talk about is positive affirmations, which are like, you know, those things that you say, the conversations you have to yourself. But, you know, when we were little kids, a lot of those positive affirmations were things like, dude, today's a big day for me. So I'm wearing my fucking Iron Man underwear. You know what I mean? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Look at, I got Ren and Stimpy fucking underwear. <laughs> and that's, that's when you had... That's, 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 when, that's when shit got real, right? And it's Friday. Oh, oh, oh. I, re- I wore my Ren and Stimpy uh, uh, underwear. Either shit got real or the shit stains got real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's but, but, you know, like, uh, what was it? One of my favorite comics, uh, Calvin and Hobbes, had a whole thing about him wearing his Spaceman Spiff uh Underwear, dude. getting all amped in the morning, and then having the shittiest day. I miss dude. Calvin Hobbes. Dude, yeah, Calvin, man. dude, that was a shit. Dude, dude. that shit. Yeah, that that was amazing. Damn. Yeah, that's <laughs> really cool. It's some so, sick stuff. Looking at uh, Hero Within's uh, Inst- Instagram, um, and it has a really dope sports jacket with a like a subtle Batman uh, symbol. What's the, the name back. of the Instagram channel? Uh, oh, uh, Hero Hero Within Inc. Here within yeah, and it's all it's all t- smushed in together. No sp- smushed no in together. <laughs> no spaces. No yeah. underscores. No spaces. No dashes. And you know that's actually a good representation of the type yeah, of. Yeah, uh, that's actually really cool. <laughs> I thought you were making fun of me, but that's a good representation of uh, some of the stuff that we would fi- we would find our listeners would find on your guys's podcast. Yeah. Right, like that type of guest, that type of creative. Uh, which, dude, it sounds awesome, man. Yeah, and and going along the lines, um, as we are sort of focusing on creators, um, we had our first actually a group of people contact us to be on the show. Oh, uh, they were a husband and wife team as Jason Inman. And uh, Ashley V. Robinson. Um, Ashley actually works for Top Cow Comics. Oh, wow. As a, she's an editor or something, it's something like that. Um, and Jason Inman, he's pretty prolific online. He has a pretty uh, prolific YouTube channel. DC yeah, DC Access. And they, and the, on YouTube. DC Access on YouTube. And, he, and both Jason and Ashley have a pretty cool podcast. If you guys want to check it out, as a geek history lesson. So basically, yeah, interesting. yeah. Basically, the gist of that, sh- this basically the gist of that show is they'll take a character, like say Spider Man, uh-huh. and they'll go through like the Spider Man one hundred and one of like you know talk about his history, uh, and sort of go deeper, you know, to like 
other other references that they they find uh, on the, on their research. So each episode is based on one character. So um, and they're they're really cool people. Um, actually, me and Alex drove up to Encino. I think we went to uh, what's that Jerry's Deli. <laughs> we did a, a podcast at a Jerry's Deli in Encino oh, okay. with them. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, so they were like our f- the first, uh, I guess, <coughs> creators that actually contacted us. Hey, that's a good, I, I, that's a good I, hear, sign. I hear you guys have a podcast. Yeah, so nice. I was like, whoa, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, so we want to wrap them. Um, they're was that for them to be on your show or show. you to be on their show? Okay. Show. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the comic book that they created together is called Jupiter Jet. Uh, they had a, it's kind of funny because they had talked to us to like, you know, sort of get um, sort of attention to push their Kickstarter over the edge to get it fully funded. But by the time, it was like a two-week period, right? So, by the, but by the time we got to recording the podcast, they had already successfully you know, <laughs> got got their funds. got, got it funded. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, you know, uh, kudos to them because they're they're really good people, and I'm looking forward to checking out their comic book. It should be ready by the time uh, I think Stadio Comic Con comes along. <coughs> awesome, man. Um, like two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, so you got you know people like I mentioned earlier, Keith and Jones. You have independent uh, creators like Jupiter Jet. And also, also nerds out there like Tony Kim who are doing their own thing with the Heroes Inc. Very cool. Um, you know, there's there's definitely you know avenues out there for you to to you know do do your thing. Yes, it feels that like right now, um, is comic comic book culture is just so it's bigger than it's ever been. You know, and it has all these different avenues that just never existed, and like the stuff that you guys are dropping right now. I mean, like I didn't know exists. Yeah, either. And, and and I know we we sort of touched. Um, a little bit earlier when we were talking about Ghost and Shell and Iron Fist and uh, what else? What else did we talk about? Uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, about yeah. About, yeah. Mi- about minority representation. Um, I want to briefly talk about another publishing company out there called Stranger Comics. Mm. Um, if you guys, you should check out Stranger Comics. Um, the guy there that runs it, his name is Sebastian Jones. Um, he's been building that for the last. I guess twenty years, and it's only now that he's it's starting to come to fruition. Um, he had he had a pretty successful uh, recent Kickstarter campaign for one of his titles. It's called Niobe, She Is Death. Um, initially, the the tagline was She Is Life, but basically he's built this this world, this fantasy world out there, um, and it's it's based on like you know diversity. And Jada uh, Pinkett. Um, I'm just kidding. She played Niobe in The Matrix too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. Oh <laughs> damn, dude. There you go, brother. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's but, hilarious. But I think the writer, one of the writers in the recent Niobe project, I think she was in the Hunger Games. So okay. uh. people are trying to get involved with Restranger Comics. They're trying to get some notoriety. So um, and they're always pretty cool to talk to when we go to different conventions throughout the year. So. Um, yeah, if you guys get a chance, take it, check out Stranger Comics. They got some oh, cool stuff. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and like they just recently uh, revamped uh, for, for you uh, manga fans. Or, or uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Vampire Hunter D. Fuck yeah, we are. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> the rec- they recently re- uh, relaunched Vampire Hunter D. Um, there's a writer. His name is uh, Brian East- Easton. Mm-hmm. He's he right now he's working on Mask for IDW. Okay. Um, so, but he's the main writer. Um, That's Mask. Yeah. yeah. Sasso. Mask. Not mask. Not, 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 not the Max. Not Max. Okay, not two yeah. X's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Not M A K S. So. M A X X. Is he doing that on purpose? So what's what's cool about Stranger Comics is that they they're pretty good on collaboration. Like they'll mm. get like Jay Lee to do like oh wow you know covers for them. 
And I think Jay Lee actually turned down a project so that he can work on something full time with Stranger Comics. Wow. wow. So I'm looking forward to, s- to seeing what he comes up with uh, with Stranger Comics. So uh, that's all really, really cool stuff. Um, I did. I know we're getting short on time, so I wanted to ask you guys a couple of questions, though, before you guys take off. Uh, one, um, there's a lot of people who love comic book culture, but then they look at the Comic Con and it's a little overwhelming. You did mention WonderCon. Is there other Comic Cons and stuff out there that you can uh, actually recommend for people to experience a culture in a smaller dose or maybe even a more traditional uh, sense? Well, um, one convention we like to go to is uh, San Diego Comic Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was founded um, five, six years ago about from the original founders of Comic Con. Mm. So. Sorry. Mark was this Cary. the one that was in uh, the hotel um, right by Fashion Valley? I went to that one. I actually have a story about points, that. But the previous yeah. years it was, it was set where you're country. talking about. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I went to that but, a couple but, years ago. We're going back to the town and country next year. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. In 2013 <laughs> I went to that. Okay, yeah. And those are the original founders. Um, yes. Very different vibe. Very different vibe. So you get you get a We were the youngest people there. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, we were not. We were not. Well, I know I wasn't. So, yeah, the crowd is different from Comic-Con because with the original founders, they have, you know, their friends. So a little bit older crowd, but they also have, you know, their family and other other mixed uh, ages, too. But so, that's um, part of the greatness oh, because, yeah. like I said, you could get there what you could get in 2008 mm-hmm. in Artist Alley, yep. you know. Yeah. Um, there, there's some classic because all those guys know each other, and so you're, we, when the, there's that what, what do you call, it was a bar, right? That uh, bar where they had that, a, and so they they had a couple of events cafe. in the bar. At they the they renamed the it. They called the oh, Kurt. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, country, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. So it was the very top. And it was like a space. Like uh, oh, oh my god, dude. Uh. So um, <laughs> you, you're there, and they got you know a speaker up, and people are doing stuff, and or people are sitting in the audience, and some of the people are in tables in the back, kind of just chatting, and some people are going up to get drinks, and I see these guys, I go up to get a drink or whatever, and on the way to get my drink, I, I bump, I'm like, oh my god, that's like a legendary anchor from the '70s, and oh dude, I remember. That's crazy that you know that the internet didn't exist back then when they were in right, their heyday. Right. Well, that's not my specialty. Um, when I know stuff uh, on that, I mean, I know a little bit. I, I wouldn't say that I'm a uh, an expert on, like, the writers and the artists exactly. Okay. But we're, it, when it's a main one or when it's one that I, you know, it's funny. If you appreciate an art form or a, or a sport or an <laughs> instrument, whatever the person is doing that you are, like, really a fan of, there's a moment where you become you 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 graduate from that childlike version where you're just like wow that's awesome to starting to understand how that works how the artistic process works mm-hmm. i've seen a lot of uh people talking about film people that, that comment on film talking about the first time they realized or or even people that went into film you know and were like i want to do that but the, uh, they would talk about the first time they realized that these things just don't happen and show up on the TV, oh. that that those names at the end, the people create them, and oh my God, that's a job, and I could do that or something. And when you, because I remember uh, when I first got into comics, we weren't, you know, five-year-olds. We were, you know, 10 to 13-year-olds, so we weren't stupid, but we didn't look at the, the first page. We did not look at the credits that often. Yeah. And so you would, 
you'd start to notice like similarities of the names, art, yeah. but but yeah, then then that would like make you go, why does this one guy always draw noses that look like they were yeah. broken, you know? <laughs> and and you go back and you're like, oh, oh it's yeah. that guy again, or the one guy that uh, there's a guy that drew Hulk and Thor a lot, uh, who always had drew like. You know, yeah. every time the characters were running at There's each other, with poses hero and things like, yeah. but the mouth was always in this the most dramatic right. open mouth, like yelling pose <laughs> possible. And, and I remember talking old comics with a dude I had just met at a party, and he goes, and I, I mentioned a, an artist, and he goes, is that the guy that always drew people like, and I'm like, yeah. oh my, no, it's not, but I know what you're talking That's about. hilarious. He had a little yeah, yeah. over that. That's totally true. <laughs> I, I think, I, you know, I... I which is hilarious. I always looked at uh, like certain artists. I remember because of how they drew chicks, like Jason Scott Campbell. I believe his name. Oh, was. he was known. Oh my for that. god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you guys don't <laughs> have not Google any of these names, maybe Google that one. Look up his Instagram. It's Danger Girl. Amazing. Wasn't that yes. one? Yes, and he did? had a sketchbook. Like, and I have them. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, I think I derailed you from your uh, your your what well, you were saying. No, though, no, far, but because all right. So anyways, back to the other convention, right? You were talking about like going in there and you seeing these older crowds, but a lot of the the, the perks that uh, no longer exist at the bigger bigger cons are there, such as you know you really could find real great stuff for really really cheap at these places. Like when I went to that convention, it's just kind of funny coincidence that I did because I was specifically looking for conventions that weren't the Comic Con. Uh, I got all these different things from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, like all these uh, great stuff for under ten bucks. I mean, dude, you could really dig and find some really, really this cool stuff. This was at stuff. Comic Fest you're talking yes. about? Oh, great. Uh, Monster Palooza was there. That's the reason why I actually went. Awesome. Because of big uh, horror buff as well. I feel like I'm like exposing myself right now to my hip-hop friends. But, uh, Good thing other, other you got, <laughs> got nerd protectors here. So. <laughs> but, uh, you said the, you had a funny story. When I'll tell you that a little bit later. Because <laughs> now I realize it's getting too long. But like, And I want to stay uh, on track with the... Uh, <laughs> stay on track with like the cool conventions that people can go to and like that's one of the things that you can do you can go to these smaller ones find cool shit there um that's a great one is there any other ones that you guys can recommend um mention a few more maybe maybe to go instead of going straight to san diego comic-con ease yourself to like uh their sister show WonderCon, which happens in the spring i have always wanted to go to medium size maybe what 60 70 80 thousand people compared to 130 so it's a good, you know, exposure to what's Anaheim, real similar. Right? Yeah, Anaheim. Yeah. And, um, or LA Comic Con, which was Stan Lee's Kamikaze, yeah. which is in the fall. And uh, I think during Halloween. Did that change um, his name because he's no longer doing conventions or I think they just want to, um, maybe that and just market the LA okay. Hollywood type. I don't know. <clears throat> and probably one of our favorite ones to go to is um, in the fall, which is uh, Designer Con in Pasadena. Designer in, uh, Pasadena Convention Center, and it's kind of like a uh, just one big artist alley. All, right. All it is is there's no studios, no nothing like that. Just creators, artists, sculptors, toy makers, um, bunch of different different kind of creators. I think the only cosplayer was the hip hop. Uh, trooper. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? I just hit those guys up to uh, that guy's sponsored by uh, that boombox company, and I just hit them up specifically. Bomb box. Yeah. yeah, specifically because they do that uh, that type of marketing. I'm like anyone who does any type of guerrilla marketing, I'm trying to get them for the get down. Yeah, he's That's cool. Funny. He's a cool guy. Yeah. yeah uh huh. He's yeah, easy to talk to. Oh, uh, we he, we I asked him. him to be on our pack, yeah. podcast. Yeah. Have to hit him up, he's, Mark. He's really easy to talk to, and you know he does a lot of charity work and uh, does. 
he could have been sponsored by Adidas, but he turned down probably so many really? different sponsors because that's a fresh cost. Because he he wanted to stay true to himself and what he was trying to promote. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Keeping it because yeah. I would take some money right now. Uh, you know. So you've never been to Comic Con, is that I've what you said? Never been to Comic Con. Okay, get him a pass. Yeah. Well, what I say to people, you know, I've lived in San Diego since I'm in 2000, and I would often run into people. I often still whatever. A lot of people haven't gone to Comic Con or anything, right? And I would always have this conversation with them and. And a lot of times it'd go like this. I'd go, I, you haven't gone to Comic-Con? They're like, well, I'm not, a, you know, that big of a comic fan. So now the first answer is, well, it's not just about fucking comics. Yeah. I mean, every movie. Yeah. You, hey, you watch TV? Huh? Yeah. You know, say no to that, idiot. You know, you want to keep this up? You know? No, of course there's stuff there for you. Um, but, uh <laughs> yeah, know, but it's, they're it's, so it's, snobby about it. At the same know? time, not everybody can go because the way it's going nowadays. That's this is what I used to ticket. say. Well, I used mm-hmm. to say to them, I go, you know, that's a little bit like saying that I live a couple of miles away from the Grand Canyon, but I haven't gone to see it because I'm not a big fan of holes in the ground. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's a wonder of the world. That's what Comic Con is. You should go. Now, that's what I used to say, but you hit on it. You can't yeah. really say it. It's like I know how tough it is for yeah. even a committed fan. To get to get a to casual it. fan is going to you know, say, screw just, that. Just before you continue, like, for me, like, Comic-Con and WonderCon are two of the cons that we haven't been able to get qualified for press yet. Mm. All the other cons, we can get press, no problem. So to what Jason's alluding to, it's like for me, when it comes to you know open registration for Comic-Con badges – I haven't been able to get in for the last three years. So we've had to sort of have to deploy like a, a team strategy. Like you guys get a table or something? No, like no, we, we, we get a team of like six people. Mm-hmm. Trying so, to buy badges. Yeah, yeah. And then if you get if the one of them that gets yeah, in will buy for the whole yeah. team. Because one person can buy for three people. So we figure if you go with a team of six, if two people get in, then they think that, they, you then know. Then you're golden. Yeah, we're golden. So it's kind of funny because I haven't been able to get in. Uh, Alex hasn't been able to get in. But one of our mutual friends, Teddy, Teddy, yeah, he's gotten in the last three years. So hackers, hackers. How do you do that? Uh, Dax always seems to. Yeah, Dax always. Yeah, so okay, like his tickets. You know what sucks is Hall H is not getting it easy. But like some dude showing up with like five, six kids that don't give a shit about comics. Yeah, and my brother. Is that right? He's been able to sneak in. Well, like yeah, sneaking like in is different. Was, that, that's yeah. good. That's a good yeah. avenue. Yeah. Yeah. Hang out with Kids do it as much as But so what I tell people now. So that's what I used yes. to tell people is, you know, it, it's a wonder of the world. It's in your home city. Come on, yeah. show some effing pride. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but now what I tell people is, you know what? Okay, forget the actual convention floor. But you know, dude, pick a day. The thing's Thursday through Sunday. Pick a day where you can go down with some friends and just hang out in the gas lamp and yeah, party yeah. and eat and drink. Too, because now, last at least five to seven years, mm-hmm. I mean, it's always had stuff in the gas lamp, but it, like, literally takes it over. I mean, oh, if there's yeah. a single restaurant or bar in the gas lamp that isn't decked out for Comic-Con, it's, like, a, an ultimate rarity. So you get... Mm-hmm. You can uh, experience a lot of the flavor. I always just tell people one of my favorite lines is, "You haven't lived until you ordered a beer standing next to a stormtrooper." You know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you see, you'll, you'll get a little taste of it. And some of the stuff I think you might even be able to go to without a badge that's yeah. offsite. Yeah, yeah that's offsite. Yeah. They yeah. have um, like I the think, get down. 
Yeah. We'll point that in a second. But what else they have? They have like uh, I think they have a marathon for like people that wear costumes. And they have a craft beer festival nowadays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is San Diego. Oh, Liberty, 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 Liberty Station. Yeah. They have Zombie. a. It's at uh, HopCon. Mm-hmm. HopCon. Yeah. Okay. Is that well, simultaneous? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they, they at always Liberty, had. Um, at Liberty Station. Uh, Stone Brewing always yeah. released the Wood Stout in conjunction with, you know. With, I, th- I think I think I Will Wheaton is attached down. to that. With. Oh, yeah. With, with Comic Con because well, Aisha, yeah. Aisha Tyler oh, yeah, came yeah, down yeah, and then Will Wheaton. Yeah, Will Wheaton. And. Uh, I think those are those are the main two, and then yeah. there's another person that uh, switches in and out. And I think Nerdist usually has a carnival. I think that's open to the public as yeah. well. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. So I I, I just never uh, really got <laughs> I never I never got around to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I never got around to it like actually going. I've had uh, chances to actually be in costume, to to be there, but um, somehow Joe I Pesci? got. <laughs> yeah, as you're. so I, I I've I've worked at SeaWorld for a few oh, okay. years uh, sure. as a costume character. Mm-hmm. So we always get those those opportunities where like, hey man, we need co- costume characters to be there, but they always get taken up fast. And I'm like, oh crap, that was my chance uh, to be in costume right. and be there because there's right. a lot of people that don't know how to be in costume and they're like and they hire people to be in costume and they're they're just sitting out there like this. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. So. Uh, I've had my chances, but uh, these last, like you said, like these last three years have been hard. And, and then also the fact that uh, we dance at the zoo uh, during the summer. So around that time, my time. Uh, it's tough so, time yeah. so yeah. You should do so, cosplay for the get down. I the would, get down is going to be. I would love to. Like if you guys know, if you guys know cosplay companies that are looking for people to Gosh, be in costume. I want that so bad. I want to have. I, I am so down to be in costume because so, I've done it at SeaWorld. Yeah. So, if you know a company that does that, I am down. All right. Well, yeah, but yeah. it's it's still you know for other people for listeners out there that have never yeah. like experienced Comic Con, but you just want to have a fun day drinking and eating, go down there and yeah. hit the gas lamp and just take in a take in a little bit. Yeah, of it. it's it's a good experience just do to you, be around there. Do you think uh, is there anything that you have or you know that like you tell people that you got? from comic-con and they freak out they're like what really that's there i wouldn't have thought that's there you guys nothing out of the ordinary i i am a little bit different than most people in that i don't necessarily go as a fan Mm -hmm. i consider it you know i'm there to try to get stuff that i can use for my documentary (laughs) material it's it's funny you mentioned because it's like we only become fans on Sunday. Yeah, right, right. Because you're too damn tired to really hunt for people anymore. And it's just like, okay, That's fuck it. I'm going to enjoy right? it, right? Um, uh, but uh, so I'm usually, I don't, one thing, I'm usually like, you know, getting, pulling equipment together. And so I usually don't have much of a budget to just like go buy crap or whatever. So I don't, and it's funny because I always regret it afterwards. I'll talk to buddies and they'll be like, oh, dude, I got like, oh, a year or two ago. And I was just kicking myself. I'm like, why didn't I get that? <clears throat> that special limited edition Transformer that was like, I think it was like Soundwave or Starscream or something, but instead of transforming into what they normally transform, it was a Comic-Con exclusive where they transform into a like an tablet. iPad tablet. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> and, dude, uh, Comic-Con exclusives, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I'm like, that, I'm like, that, you know, that sounds kind of cool. And then I get home after it's over and I log on the internet and it's like, oh, I can see people talking about this Transformers exclusive and I'm like, yeah, I couldn't. That would that wouldn't have been that hard to get. I bet I would have had to wait in line for a little bit, but I could have done that. And I was like, oh, why don't I do that? But 
I have gotten stuff that I would say fulfills that description. It just isn't merchandise. Mm. I got an interview with Jerry Robinson, a legendary artist of Batman. <coughs> Excuse me. Kevin Conroy. The beer is uh, dried me out, I think, a little right. bit. <laughs> well, he got an interview with Kevin Conroy. Last the fucking uh, Batman actor? animated series, yeah. He's- that yeah. was a phone, but that's that? yeah, yeah. Well, it was a it was a weird, lucky thing. I didn't have a personal interview with them. I was part of a press gaggle, so you, you're five people sitting at a table, and he comes to your table, and you interview him for five minutes. Okay. <laughs> and then he goes to the next table. Well, the rest of them were all just print people. I think <laughs> so you need I'm more so beer. <laughs> I do. Give him more beer. So all they had was. Um, Mike's. I had a camera, so yeah. I got I need something for your throat. You know, uh, just to set the stage, uh, the voice actor we're talking about is what a lot of people believe is the best Batman because he was the voice actor for Batman. And he is Batman, series. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the portrayal. Yeah, just like um, the voice of Joker. You know, like that. Like a lot of people feel that like he did the best job as Joker. You know what I mean? Sorry. Damn, so that's a, that's a pretty big deal for uh, for comic book fans. Well, my favorite was... Now, that one was a big one. I wasn't even thinking about that one. You're right. That was actually... He, and he was sitting right next to me during the interview, so that was really cool to talk to That's Conrad. like one of the rare comic book people that I would recognize, like how you recognize so many people. Right. Like, yeah, that's one I... Luke Hamill, yeah, that's a few. But I'd say my, my uh, favorite was I got an interview with Jerry Robinson, who was a legendary Batman artist... From the 40s. So, you know, Batman was created by Bob Kane, but um, Bob Kane wasn't a... Bill Finger. Yeah, he was not a a guy who had that much passion for the craft, maybe. I don't know if that's... He ended up not getting any of the uh, licensing. No, Kane did. Well, Bob Kane did. Okay. But he basically kind of created or really worked with a couple of his uh, employees creating the character. And then once it was going... He let them ghost write and ghost draw it. Just before you go on, I want everybody that's listening right now to go to, I think it's uh, Amazon, right? Or is it Hulu? But anyways, there's a documentary out there called uh, Batman and Bill. It's about a guy named Bill Finger, who's okay. who's the who's the co-creator of Batman and all the other prolific Batman characters, who, ha- who hasn't had gotten credit until okay. recently. Until like this last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, that's who I was thinking yeah. of. Okay. But but all all the guys that worked for uh, uh, Bob Kane uh, had the same situation, just not as prominent as Bill Finger. Right. Jerry Robinson was one. Sheldon Moldoff was one. Jeez. So yeah, so they would they would be basically creating the books, and so they were also in a way creating the characters. So uh, Jerry Robinson is considered at least the co-creator, possibly yeah. the full creator of the Joker of Robin. You know, like the Riddler, a lot of like key characters in the Batman mythos. And I was going to uh, Comic-Con and um, I saw the guy and I I went over to him and I said, you know, hey, would you be interested in doing an interview for me? And he kind of brushed me off. Yeah, he pretty much rejected me. So, you know, whatever, you go on to the next thing. I see him a year or two later. And this, keep in mind, this guy's like 80-something. And he's in Artist Alley doing sketches still. Yeah. He's buying people. He could, I, you know, again, if it was in my budget, I would have spent 50 bucks on a sketch. And 
what an idiot I am for not doing that. I could have had a sketch from Jerry, the co-creator of the Robin yeah. and the Joker. I mean, yeah. oh, God, a Joker sketch? That would be something you'd put on your wall forever, right? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I come up to him again. And right, I'm about to ask him, I remember that last time. And, uh, and I'm like, he may not remember it, though. I mean, he talks to a million people a day, or a con, you know? It's, uh, he's not going to remember every little Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes up to him. And he goes, hey, I think... Brick Usyk told me about you. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually what I was thinking of. Fucking stalker. Was thinking of. She's like, did you feel like I wrote this There's for you? Guy. He said, stay away from There's that, that guy. kid, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking down. I'm just about to go up to talk to him. I look down, and he's sketching away. 85, still sketching, right? But no one's talking to him, so I got a minute where I can go up and say hi. And I realize, you know, when they're sketching, that's they're working. You know, someone has said, here's $50, I'll come back in a few hours and pick up my sketch or whatever he was charging. He was probably charging more than that. But um, so suddenly it hit me and I'm like, you know, I was asking him to take time out of getting some cash, which is what he's there for, you know, to do an interview for my, you know, documentary. He doesn't know what it's going to be about or whatever, right? So <clears throat> I thought, I'm like, you know what? Okay. You know what? I, I don't have too much of a budget to be paying my interview people, but I'm like, this guy's legendary. It's worth, you know. So I, I go up to him and I go, "Hey, Mr. Robinson, uh, you know, we met a couple of times at at previous cons, and at the last one, you know, I I asked you if you'd do an interview, and you said you couldn't at the moment. I kind of glossed over <laughs> that he just said no, you know, and." Uh, <clears throat> And I said, you know, I was wondering if maybe you had some free time before the end of the con this time, you know, if, if you'd be interested in talking a little bit. And he, you know, he started to think for a second. And before he could say anything, I, I followed up with, and, you know, listen, I know it's taking, you know, some of your time up. And I'd be, you know, happy to, to give you uh, some compensation, you know. And I, I think I said, like, uh, <clears throat> 30 or 50 bucks for a half an hour or something like that. And, uh, and he... he sat for a second and thought about it and and he goes okay and i'm like oh yeah all right it worked and then he goes but but and i'm like i leaned in he goes how about 20 minutes <laughs> and i just started laughing i'm like deal dude he's still got it he's yeah. sticking it to you know he's doing that yeah. haggling or whatever <laughs> so that was my favorite thing that i so i still have that footage and in that interview I asked the co-creator or the creator of uh, the Joker to compare Caesar Romero versus Mark Hamill oh, yeah? versus Jack Nicholson oh. versus Heath Ledger. Yeah. No one else has ever asked I, that I know of. No one else has ever asked him that question. I've got that on tape. I'm, I'll be turning it into a video uh, at some point here on, on Hero so, Journalism. So I guess so. you won't be sharing it with us right now. Yeah. That's a cliffhanger is that you have to go to Hero Journalism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say take one more sip of that beer. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's on water now, so. <laughs> All right, um, wrap it up, B. Yeah, we're gonna have to wrap it up uh, here because it's getting a little bit uh, lengthy compared to most of our. Oh yeah, podcasts. that's what she said. Ooh yeah, she likes well, long. Alex ones. would let us get a minute in. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna close it out. Um, what uh, do you, you want to ask them? Uh, our usual. Yeah, we'll know, do that. Um, yeah, the closing questions will yeah. come right after this last question, uh -huh. which is uh, something that Aaron here has always um, hashtagged. Ah. And if you look at the hashtag, it's called hashtag SDCC fit. 
right? Oh, yes. And and uh, uh, SDCC stands for, I'm guessing, San Diego Comic-Con. Right? Correct. Okay. So uh, explain to us the whole hashtag with SDCC fit. Well, you know, throughout the times that I went to San Diego Comic-Con, I never went for the full like four or five days if you, if you include preview night. Mm-hmm. It's always been like a couple of days, you know, one day here and there. So I think, I think it was 2013 I decided, fuck it. <laughs> we'll go all five days. So I, I was able to get, you know, four days plus preview night that, that year. And by Sunday, I was so tore up. Like my legs were all sore. And like, oh. dude, it was terrible, you know? So I kind of thought, fuck, I need to like tra- train for Comic-Con? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the thought of it was like crazy. <clears throat> and um, so I kind of thought, okay, for 2014, I'm going to, you know, get try to lose a little more weight, try to get it healthy and fit. And um, coincidentally, um, I mentioned uh, the Englishman in San Diego a little bit earlier in the podcast. Um, his weekly YouTube live show, um, this hashtag uh, couple TSDCC, um, him and his co-host, uh, Alyssa Franks. Alyssa Franks runs this forum. It's called uh, Friends of uh, CCI, I believe. Um, so... She's really a big proponent on like getting prepared, you know, for for Comic Con mm-hmm. and for most cons because she goes to a lot of cons throughout the year. So she's big on like you know getting fit for Comic Con. Um, and there's another person I want to give a shout out to. His name is um, Jeff Muller. He goes by um, the Jerd, uh, the Mighty Jerd. But I think his website is thejerd.com, and the Jerd. Is sort of like a coin term. It's jock and nerd put together. Mm. So okay. um, he's big on fitness. So uh, I consider them sort of like the inspiration. We were on on Leonard's uh, The Englishman in San Diego's uh, YouTube live show one time, and we were talking about you know SDCC fit or getting fit for 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 Comic Con, and that gave me the idea to like um, sort of. I, di- I didn't start the hashtag. It it, it predates me by like a year or year mm. and a half, um, but. I did sort of like create the, uh, the the Twitter handle and the Facebook and Instagram, and sort of really, you know, it was a way f- to hold myself accountable because if I put it out there, yeah, then it's like I then gotta, you have to be the example yeah, for yeah, the people. Exactly, that are I gotta, I gotta show results. And so from like when I started to now, I've lost close to thirty pounds. Nice. Oh wow! wow. So yeah, and over when when did you start it again? Like two thousand fourteen. Yeah, so in the span of like three years, I've lost thirty pounds Good almost. Job, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that uh, that regularity that it comes around annually at the same time. That yeah. kind of like, it's like because a lot of times when people go on diets or go on exercise yeah. kicks, they'll do it and then they stop and then yeah. that stops. But this mm. has got something to specifically yeah, get you back into it. Even if you do like take the beginning of the year off, you're like, oh crap, yeah. uh, Comic Con's coming up. I yeah. got to get back on the train. And and, and, and we use sort of Comic Con as a goal. But really, the the main goal, I mean, the tagline is uh, SDCC fit, um, you know, getting fit for SDCC and for life, because that's really what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, we recent Comic Con is a goal, but really, it's all yeah. to get a, a more healthy lifestyle. So, I mean, one thing that I've loved about this is that, you know, it's like with the podcast. You know, I'm stoked if just one person, you know, mm. listens to us. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of. It's weird when I'm like, I'm, I'm still not used to being, like, I'm on your guys' podcast right now, uh-huh. and I've been on a, a guest on other people's content, uh, podcasts uh, 
I guess, sort of regulated now. So I'm like, it's kind of weird being on the other side. I'm usually the, yeah. the person asking questions. Yeah. So uh, being asked to be on another person's <coughs> podcast is really, it's really humbling, and I'm honored to do it. Um, it's especially with San Diego Comic Con, because like me and Alex were at Comic Con last year, and we were having lunch at I forgot one of the hotels, right? Marriott, yeah. The Marriott. And so we're you know game planning for the day, having lunch, and this person comes up, you know, and she says, "Hey, are you?" Aaron from SDCC Fit. Oh, shit. That's dope. What are you doing? <laughs> so, I'm like, and so she goes, I think her name is, is Meg Worrell. She goes, uh, that's her name on Twitter. So, thanks again, Meg, for coming up and saying hi. Um, and so, yeah, and like she she had already gone down the escalator. I guess she saw us <clears> and she, she came back up to say hi. Oh, that's cool, man. Wow. So, that was, that was really sweet yeah. of her, just mm. to, you know. That's cool. To get she, recognized. Yeah, and she said that, uh, you know, like, I guess my constant tweets or whatever sort of help yeah, yeah. yeah. you, you put yourself yeah. out there enough yeah. the people are going to see it so and then another another instance, last year's comic con i had just parked at the hilton bayfront you know the near petco mm-hmm. that parking structure yeah yeah i was walking around the street i'm on the phone uh, i think i'm i'm not sure who, who i was talking to but anyways after i got off the phone somebody else comes up to me and then they i guess they recognize my recognize my voice from some of the videos that i had posted uh his name is kevin walwin um, he's the current uh, editor for the Friends of CC uh, blog. Anyways, he's a big uh, gym rat, and so we sort of like had a repartee on Twitter. You know, we, we sort of, you know, bounce off each other on social media, and uh, yeah, he's like, I, I, I feel like I'd known him, but it was only a bit online. But it's kind of cool when you actually meet somebody in person. Yeah. But what are the chances of like me walking across the street to the convention center? And somebody that sort of knows me on social media recognizes my voice. Because you know? they, well, yeah. they, they yeah. hear it enough, yeah. you know? So and that's like, a good thing. Yeah, so I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. So that's that's another moment. And it's then, crazy cool. Yeah, yeah. So, and there's been actually a, a couple more moments just walking around the convention center, and then some people will say, hey, what's up? You know, at CC Fit. Probably, you know, that's that's so. cool. That's very cool. Yeah. That's so, very cool. Um, right now, I think on Twitter, we're about like 300 something people strong. So, and what's kind of cool is because we have a constant sort of like motivation action going. It's like when somebody posts something somebody will be sort of like, all right, cool. You got this, you know, and I'm just a motivator. I'm not like a fitness expert or anything like that, Mm. but it's, I make it a point to like sort of interact with people that are on there. So it gives them an opportunity to sort of, you know, it encourages them to sort of give me feedback. You know, so I think that's important as well. So we we play on that, and so now that we see, once we meet you, we meet each other at cons. It's like even so much better. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's, dope. that's a really awesome story. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, I am like a like a real fitness like. Uh, right, before enthusiast. you start, before you start, let's let's close it out this way. Okay. <laughs> let's go around. Let's do a round table, really quick. Nothing too lengthy, but I'm how do you stay fine. SDCC fit? <laughs> Hashtag SDCC fit. We'll go around, you know, and then we'll go around with our very last question we usually do with our podcast. All right. So we'll start with Aaron since it's his hashtag that he started. Sure. Well, you know, a, a lot of being healthy for SDC Fit, in, in my opinion, is you do a lot, a lot of walking. Okay. There. Last year, I walked over 32 miles in the course of like five days. Mm-hmm. So I think... Would you have a pedometer? I did have a pedometer. Nice. <clears throat> I, me- I measured it. So, I mean, 
So you got to think. And that was over how many days? Five days. All the full five days. Full gotcha. Days. It's 32 miles. 32 miles. That's fucking wow. very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, I've never even thought about measuring it, but now there's I wish people I that had. There's people that actually doubled what I walked. I don't know how they did it, but they doubled what I did. I know so, how they cool. did it. Yeah. Uh, logistically, <laughs> I don't know how they did it physically, but I mean, you yeah. certainly could do yeah, it yeah, there yeah. because well, it, just, of... it just blows my mind because I thought I walked a lot. <laughs> right, you know? right. But there is so much to see yeah. and to see it twice and uh, right. yeah. So, so a lot of walking, you know. Um, really, when I start to start taking it seriously, is like the day after Thanksgiving, basically. You know, I, th- I throw out a challenge. I usually have a holiday challenge. Thanksgiving. Well, I usually have a challenge out there. Um, after Thanksgiving, we should do like a, a challenge of like how to, you know, sort of like lose weight by a certain date after Thanksgiving, hmm. you know, like a holiday challenge, basically, you know. So um, that gets people sort of Western appetite and to gain that mindset to get ready for the con season. So um, really for me, but for, for me personally, it's a lot of walking. Um, I started incorporating a lot of weights, you know, because I've always loved doing weights myself, um, but uh, the walking part I think is important because you do you do do a lot of walking at Comic Con, so the walking plus getting the right type of shoes, you know some oh, yeah. so, some people. Sure. So, I mean, I'm still amazed when I go to a con and I see people wearing flip flops. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like a San Diego thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I just, yeah, I still trip out on them. Yeah, yeah so, I don't like so that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, damn. All right, man. Well, I, I, Are you? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like. I'm like I'm almost like I want to walk up to them and say, "Hey, man, <laughs> yeah, do you have con shoes?" Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, having the right type of shoes, breaking them in, you know, in enough time to get them ready for for a con that you're going to is important as well. So, I, I do do a lot of walking. Like when I say a lot, usually it's it ranges between, you know, ten thousand to like fifteen thousand steps a day, you know. Hmm. So, and I do weights, you know, full body three three times a week. So that's basically what I do. And, and also, of course, um, working out is, is just part of it. You got to sort of like look at what you're eating as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, one big key to, to me losing some of the weight that I've lost is um, diligent about watching the type of carbs that I eat. You know, being Asian, I love <laughs> I, I love my white rice. You know, yep. it's, it's hard to not eat it. But I only so you specifically minimize that during that you know I, approaching period. It, it's, it's funny, like the first month that I that I cut white rice out of my diet, I lost like eight pounds, easy. You know that much. Yeah, yeah, that much. And so, like, you know, sodas. I cut out sodas. Oh yeah, that all. All those empty calories. You got to wash those empty calories. As we're drinking beer. Oh, well, you know, it's, it's Friday. You know? Hey, it's so, Friday, man. You got to have fun every once in hey, a while. Hey, beer, yeah, yeah. beer gives you a lot more for the week. Wake up tomorrow and sweat it all than, out. Uh, yeah. Soda yeah, does. Ex- exactly. So, um, and you got to have your you got to have your cheat meals every once in a while. Yeah, because yeah. uh, you know, it's Friday. you know, one thing that's one key to to successful. I don't want to call it a diet, but a lifestyle anyway. Is you sort of have to like treat yourself every so often. Otherwise, you know, you won't. You'll, you'll have what you go over the edge. Yeah, yeah. You'll have those. You'll have that yo-yo effect in your in your diet. Yeah, which you yeah. don't. Which is you, which you want. You want to avoid. You need a certain level of joy, or it becomes yeah. joyless. Exactly. And yeah, you'll yeah. you'll automatically yo-yo. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty simple. You know, it's just a lot of walking. You know, weights three times yeah. a week. Watch what I eat. Um, you know, obviously carbs plays. You know, empty carbs. You know, I, I will. I've I've switched a lot over to like you know brown rice or, you know. Uh, even like uh, <coughs> spelt bread, you know. So what bread? Spelt. So 
basically any any type of bread that doesn't have unbleached flour. Yeah. Mm. You know. So wheat or whole grain or something. Well, whole grain's fine, but just it's just the unbleached flour. You know, usually when I'm looking at an ingredient ingredient list, if I if I can't pronounce half the things that are on there, I'm probably not gonna eat it. You know. Mm, yeah, so, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's, as, as I eat these Doritos, but <laughs> hey, fuck it, dude. It's Friday. Well, that's that's <laughs> Art's fault. Art put this shit in front of us. Alex, yeah. you got anything to add uh, on to that? For me to say uh, SECC fit is probably just I'm not as intense as Aaron, but like when I go to a mall or a business park or whatever, park a little further away and mm. take the stairs in the elevator, <clears> nice if possible, unless it's like ten floors on a person. So that's, that's just basic stuff. And yeah, that's, once that's a while, I'll go down to uh, Benita, go to Roar Park, and just walk around the golf course because it's pretty much measured out to like three miles. So mm. it's a good measurement nice. to keep track of of uh, how much I've walked. That's nice. about it. Jason? I can't add too much to this. I'm. Uh, what have you got? Dude? I'm not really good at this. This is an area of weakness. It's all good. It's all um, good. I generally. Uh, for my uh, exercise, I'm going to be doing calisthenics in the house. Okay. So I don't go to a gym. I keep it simple. I keep right. it cheap. And I've got a bike and I bike ride. Now, so that- so, so the, the, the X-Men 80s VHS, you got the Jane Fonda workout. Team. There you go. <laughs> I'm working out. Same 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 same. Same. That's awesome. <laughs> It's like a time machine when we go to your house. We're like, holy Hells, shit. Yeah, I got them all. No, I've, I've, I've transferred them to, I didn't get this part out, but a few years ago, well, a lot of years ago, like maybe eight or something like that, I went to Fry's and bought a DVD recorder VHS combo unit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I started, because I literally had hundreds of videotapes, hundreds. And it became just difficult to live. Like if I was moving in an apartment, I'm like, I need a place with like more like three closets instead of one because two of them will be bo- bankers boxes full of VHS tapes. And I'm like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, I know they're going to deteriorate. I know it won't. You know, so so I went on a mission and I, you know, I go through every tape because a lot of the last few years weren't even labeled and crap. I got lazy and anything. And I'd go through and see what was on it and just record it. And it might have been a, a Batman Beyond episode. And I just okay, I'll record it to DVD just so I can get the commercials and interstitials and the little flavor of what it was like to watch cartoons in 1995 Jeez. or something. Wow. But uh, besides, So besides calisthenics, what else do you do? Yeah, for um, just uh, biking. Biking. So I've got a bike and I do that, but I will say this. I'm really bad about it, specifically for Comic-Con. Uh, I've always struggled with the discipline element of it. Um, you know, I grew up as a... a almost a single kid i had siblings but they were way older and gone single kid of a single mom that worked and i was home alone so i grew up in a very sedentary lifestyle so it's it's a struggle for me and that's one of the reasons why i love aaron is because aaron's always talking about this stuff and it it keeps it in the forefront of my mind every year i'm like i'm like okay you know what i always find myself a day before comic-con going oh my god i haven't exercised in three weeks i'm gonna i'm gonna be so sore this week i gotta quick do something and so this guy, this guy keeps at the forefront of my mind, so I appreciate that. Hey, keep it up, dude. You might be able to go to the next con uh, dressed as the Wolverine. You never know. <laughs> dude, I want to say something real quick because I asked you a question, Jason, a while back, and then I didn't add this little bit because I, I asked you the question about like what are some things that people would be surprised to find at Comic-Con. You actually just described the person that most people don't fucking think about, which is a person who's obsessed with something that you forgot about or that you love. And now they have that item is at fucking Comic Con. I have bought 
stuff that you just described, co- like cartoons that have never came out on DVD. I have bought concerts of like my favorite band that <clears throat> actually was only around for two years, Operation Ivy, Misfits, a couple other groups. They've never ever produced a single documentary. You find it there at Comic Con. You know that's one of the sad things about Comic Con. Earlier, you guys were talking about how it changes, and that's a very common uh, topic and controversial topic that comes up all the time. And and uh, one of the things I follow a guy uh, named Mark Evanier, who's kind of like the mayor of Comic Con. He's been going since like the second <clears throat> year, I think, maybe all of them. <laughs> and he 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 always has like ten panels that he moderates. He Used to be Jack Kirby's assistant, you know the speaking, co-creator. Speaking of Jack Kirby, to, this year is his hundredth birthday. So it's, it's his Man. centennial. Jack Kirby. Wow. Happy birthday! Hey, can I actually add to that? Rest in peace to Stanley's wife. Oh, right, yes. Joan Lee. Joan wow. Lee. One of the little anecdotes I thought would be, you know, uh, uh, interesting to tell would be about. How in the 1994 Spider-Man cartoon series, which a lot of people think is possibly the best Spider-Man adaptation, uh, certainly in cartoon format. Um, One of the cool things about that, a little uh, trivia of the Spidey mythos, is how uh, the producer brought Joan Lee in to do a voice acting role for this super all-powerful mentor that Spider-Man had in the final season. She probably appeared in maybe like 10 or 15 episodes. So like a full season at least. And and one of the things I thought that was so cool about that, it seemed kind of like a stunt, you know? Oh, the wife of Stan Lee is gonna, you know, cause Stan would sometimes voice a role or a narration or something for cartoons. And, and it seemed like a stunt, but I thought it was so beautiful because you know, here you had this woman who, in in her own right, actually was a very talented creator. She was a dancer and actress, I believe, when she met Stan Lee. But that was in the '60s, and back then, when you get married, you don't, you know, you you put your career to the side because that's what you did. And right, I think she wrote a novel too, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So here she is, after all these decades of being the wife of Stan Lee, standing next to Stan Lee when everybody's interviewing him. And, and this producer brought her into the cartoon to voice act this role. And in a way, you know, she was an artist, one of the art, the creative people of that cartoon. And, and I just thought that that concept was so beautiful that, that she was brought in as a, a creator in the Spider-Man universe, in the Spider-Man world. She was a, a creator of, in the Spider-Man world, just like her husband was the creator, uh, the co-creator of it. And, and that was one of the first things I thought of when she passed away. It was just how beautiful it was to have that moment, you know, for the fans, but also I bet for the family that that was a, a really important thing. That was a, a little cool trivia story. for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Like I think a lot of people wouldn't would have known that. So uh, going on with the SDCC fit, as for uh, the rest of us, like Sasso, Mike, and myself. I mean, do you guys want to go over real quick? What you guys do? Well. um... And you can yeah. start using the hashtag on, on your yeah. Instagrams as well. Yeah. Since since you got two weeks until you know, yeah, uh, Comic Con. It will help Aaron. Hopefully, greatly, I know? can make it uh, down there. Uh, if you, I mean, if you can't get in, it's, it's fun to watch but, from the outside as well. I mean, I already, I, 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 I work out. I do CrossFit, so I, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was like the best answer to fucking. <laughs> 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 so I feel like I would be uh, uh, so already nice and prepped. Bro. 
Sorry, what was your wad? I know. What was your wad today? Yeah, I know. I'm gonna yeah, get this guy a ticket and, and a pair of thongs, and we'll see <laughs> yeah, how. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck up my feet. <laughs> no, it's just funny because uh, I I know he um, uh, Aaron was talking about uh, con con shoes, which is we uh, me and my girlfriend have Disney shoes. Uh, to walk around because I've actually yeah, it's no uh, joke. I've actually counted my steps too and I think it was like uh, about 15, 20,000 steps or it was like I don't I'm know surprised. maybe like 10 miles that we walked that day so yeah so it, you have to have special shoes to be walking around because you don't realize how much you're actually walking around so yeah you gotta have special walking shoes do you have walking shoes Mike? Uh, I don't no, okay. Yeah, maybe get some Doctor Scholl's yeah. inserts or yeah. something. Yeah, you'd be gelling. You'd be gelling. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Are you gelling? I don't, but I do. Uh, I, whenever I go to Comic Con, uh, I'm going this year on Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. I only go one day now, uh, just because of, because of that reason. You, it, if you were to go all five, like so, that goal that you have, it yeah, that's that's impressive, man. To go all all those days and walk that much. So you don't have here, special here's walking thing, shoes? Here's the thing, Sasso, that you don't under, actually understand. you got to maneuver through fools at Comic-Con. Yeah. Dude, it's actually, like, it's it's actually, it's it's actually dancing. really, really physical. I mean, Dance around dude, them. Dude, it's like, it's like basically you have to like create holes and like you're like oh, a wow. running back yeah. running through fools. SDCC I'll kill it, Daniel Tomlinson. It is. There's been times where you're like in a hurry and you you're walking up to like an intersection and you see a bunch of yo-hos going in different directions towards each other. And you're like, they are completely oblivious. But I know if I just put the gas on right now for like two seconds, I'm going to get ahead of that guy and that'll get me right past the other guy. I'm just going to have to power through it. It's kind of like driving through traffic. Yeah, Yeah, right. Exactly. And you're not wearing like uh, compression leggings and fucking shit like that. You're actually carrying. Like bags of posters well, maybe, and all these maybe you things. Oh, dressed okay. in, in CrossFit gear. You never know. Oh, and yeah. I got camera equipment. <laughs> Let's yeah, not talk about your gear that you wear. 20, 30 pounds of crap on my back. I'm just saying, yeah. Sasso. You Let's not talk about give, your workout give gear. Give the props. Anyways, what, Art, what's going on? What do you what do you what do you do to stay uh, you know oh, ready for STC? Well, right now I'm, I'm actually injured, so my lower back and my hips are all like limited oh, for movement. Nah. You need good walking shoes too, bro. Yeah, I probably, that's probably part of it. But like, cause I walk my dogs and and um. In your Puma suede? I don't really. They're uh, very active. I normally walk them in uh, Nike Roshi's or some Adidas Ultra whatever boots. <laughs> whatever. Some but kind of I, I I take them for like three three mile walks usually. Um, other than that, normally my walk my workout would be jujitsu. Muay Thai and breaking, but since I am injured, I'm limited to just doing a bunch of like simple cardio stuff like that. Uh-huh. And that's it. Right now, I'm like, um, I'm on some simple shit. Word. Yeah. On some simple shit, huh? Yeah. Some that's very simple. fun. But um, yeah, so that's our SDCC Fit. Look up hashtag SDCC Fit. And you will see my buddy Aaron Naboose. He, uh, yo, yo. I'm going to credit him with starting the hashtag because he's <laughs> carrying it on. And if uh, he's only carrying it Sounds on, like it, right? He made yeah. it big. He's and, like the yeah. crazy legs of uh, uh, Rocksteady, right? And he's not actually yeah, right? the founder, yeah, but he's been he's recognized the yeah. as the <laughs> the guy that's carried it on. And with uh, Comic Con coming in uh, within about what a week now. Two uh, weeks. Less than two weeks. Less than two weeks, yeah. <laughs> so that'll be coming up the same weekend that we have our jam, oh, yeah. the get down. Yeah. So I'm gonna be using down. the SDCC fit hashtag 
uh, whenever I promote our jam, which is a breakdancing jam, um, b-boy jam, breaking jam. Um, I think uh, are we good right now? I think we're gonna close it out. Yeah. You guys got anything uh, last? Yeah. Any uh, last things that you guys want to promote or anything like that? Any last shout outs? Well, I'll just mention my first video topic. Uh, like I said, I just put out my first video for HeroJournalism.com. And, uh, I'm, uh, you know, basically anything that's, you know, tangential even to nerd culture, especially in the, the audiovisual arts, is something that, that would interest me. And so uh, the first video I put out was about the new Blade Runner movie that's coming out mm. in October. I don't know if you guys are Blade Runner fans, but yeah, for sure. I consider it a legendary sci-fi movie. And um, I've been doing a lot of research on it because... You know, there's so many interesting things about it. There's controversies. Um, you know, you, you may have heard of the whole is he a, a, an android himself theory that, you know, the fans have gone into and now the, the creators have chimed in. And now we're doing a sequel. So there's a lot of interesting concepts to kind of to, to analyze and see what they're doing as an art form with it. And one of the so I, I just started to, to kick it off looking at the new trailer. A new trailer just came out a few weeks ago, about a month ago or so. And um, I thought it was fantastic, but as a big Blade Runner fan, there was one critical mistake that I felt that they made. And so uh, that's what we started out with, uh, uh, a trailer breakdown for that. And then we're going to be doing Spidey all next week with uh, uh, in light of the Spider-Man Homecoming. So that's HeroJournalism.com or Facebook slash HeroJournalism. Nice, nice. Uh, Aaron and Alex, do you guys have any last uh, comments? Plugs. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll we'll plug ourselves. <laughs> Hell yeah, <dude. laughs> yeah, yeah. You can find us at you can find uh, me and Alex at uh, hallh.com. Uh, look for the hashtag uh, hallhshow. It's, it's our podcast. Um, we, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, we talked about SDCC Fit a little bit earlier. Uh, we have a Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page for that as well. Hashtag SDCC Fit and I also have my own personal social media. Plug it. Yep. Aaron Nabus, A-A-R-O-N-N-A-B-U-S, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, you know, besides some small uh, pop culture stuff, I also talk about graphic design, a lot about typography, social yes. media, oh, so marketing stuff. So uh, that's what I usually do on my own personal channels. So... Yeah. Um, for those of you going to Comic-Con, uh, make sure you guys, you know, Hall H is cool, <coughs> even though we don't spend a lot of time there. Yeah. Um, make sure you guys go to, you know, Artist Alley. Uh, go check out the uh, independent uh, creators such as Keith and Jones, uh, Bobby Rubio. Um, there's a 12-year-old artist named Ethan Castillo. He's going to be exhibiting this year. 12 seven, years old. 12 wow. Year old, wow. Yeah. He, uh, he loves Spider-Man as well. So you, could, you should go check him out. Go talk to him. Ethan, Ethan Castillo. He's, he's cool peeps. Um, there's uh, Eric Ninoltowski. He's a pretty good artist. He does a lot of you know sketch covers, and he does a lot of commission work. So uh, go check out the independent contract uh, creators and Artist Alley, Small Press. Um, just a few people exhibiting out there as well. Um, oh, uh, Patrick Ballesteros. He's pretty. He's getting pretty popular right now. I think last year he had his. He had to have his own line control. Oh, wow. San Diego Comic Con okay. came out. My bad. You so arrived. Go check out Patrick Ballesteros. He's, he's pretty cool. So, yeah, go check out those other artists out there. Um, Comic Con is much more than, than Hall H. Yeah. yeah. You guys have anything to add on before we close um, up? Just the get down. Uh, get down. July 22nd. Get ready to get down. Um, 
And I think that's about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think that's about it. Oh, um, yeah, I'm launching my uh, YouTube channel. What soon. is it? Uh, Sasso Fresco channel. Sasso Fresco uh, yeah, channel. You vlog. It should be up on uh, my birthday, uh, uh, July 12th. So, gonna launch that on my birthday. Coming right up. Yeah. So it's gonna be a vlog yeah. of different shit. So whatever. Yeah, and you can check out my vlog at Distill Vlog. D E S T I J L V L O G. Uh, started off in the Philippines and Korea, and then you know, back here at home. And to add on to um, with the, uh, I think these guys are actually gonna be there. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Is Jeff Martinez gonna be an artist alley? Yes, actually. Actually, Jeff is going to be our next podcast guest. Oh, really? Yeah, we're, so we're, we're driving up to Sunday. Just the oh, Sunday. Damn, so Jeff Rocks. Yeah. He goes yeah, by yeah. Jeff Rocks. I can't remember his IG handle off the top of my dome. But Jeff Martinez, he's a college homie uh, of mine. I think he goes way back more uh, with Aaron a little bit. And, yeah, um, I used to own a, a shop called Rising Sun in Bonita. Oh, that's right. And, oh, my and, God. I forgot about and that. And he, he used to come by the shop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I nice. totally forgot about that. And then Accidental Aliens, are they part of it this year? I don't know if they're going to be exhibiting. They might not be exhibiting, but, well... Scott Lost. Lost Okay, but look them up on Facebook anyway. They actually had uh, something going on tonight, and apologies for not being able to make it. And I think (laughs) that is us wrapping it up for our podcast. Yeah. Thank you guys uh, for being a guest and taking time to be here. Yes. Sharing some... It's very insightful. Very, 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 very... This was was awesome. We got to do it again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. sure. You should be on our podcast. Yeah, yeah, what? maybe one. Maybe of in these like days. ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days. All right, guys, we are going to sign out. Thank you for listening to the Not So Fresh podcast. You could call. Uh, you could call. You could. Yeah, call me. You can catch us <laughs> at www.tuffrockking.com. That's toughrocking.com. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.